in five, four, three, two, one. Obi Trice, real name, no gimmicks. Who are you? He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr. That's what I'm talking about, man. Wait a minute, I know you. You got the name tag. You're in my world now, Grandma. I know that, dude. He's a modern-day Yoda. I'm your huckleberry. Allow myself to introduce myself. Greetings and salutations. We came, we saw, we kicked it down. You're excited. Feel these nipples. That boy is good. Mm -hmm. Good and terrible. Well, I have a microphone, and you don't. So you will listen to every damn word I have to say! This is the Mike Rutherford Show on the Big X. Sportos, motorheads, geek bloods, wasteoids, dweebies, they all adore him. They think he's a righteous dude. All right, all right, all right. Welcome in, everybody. It's Tuesday, July 26th. This is the Mike Rutherford Show. Look at us. On air, on time. No hiccups. Rolling in. I told you yesterday, that was the last day of working out all the little kinks, working out all the little, you know, whatever we got going on, whatever we have to get done before football season starts, because we now are the home of U of L Athletics. We've got uh, our sister station, 970, is going to be carrying all the games. We're going to have U of L programming. We already do now with the Cardinal Insider. We got more stuff coming up when the games start in the fall. And so we had to, you know, if, if we have to start 45 minutes late, because I don't know. A transmitter in Jeffersonville is not working, and then we can only get on the FM station once every in a blue moon to make sure that we're right and ready to go. So be it. So today, here we are. We're rocking. We're rolling. Trevor's in very high spirits. He's he seems to be very excited. He's got his Washington Bullet shirt on. Throwback. Shout to um, uh, let's see, who can I say? Michael Adams. Shout to Michael Adams. Nice pull there. Like that. I was just trying to think of an obscure bullet from yeah, back in the day. He was, yeah. I think blue uh, Denver Nugget as well, if I remember right. I think you're correct. Yeah. Like, uh, I went to Boston College. Oh, I have no idea. Very fast. Google that one for me real quick. Okay. I like that. I'm like, what, what do you got on over there, by the way? Uh, Montana State. Ah, Montana State. Shout out to my guy, Tyler Young. Uh, Judd, he's Kate. Uh, he, uh, he's Coach. Coach there. That's Did where Mike really? Roy Richardson and Phil Jackson played. Okay, I like that. Yeah, that's where he coached before he went to Michigan State and took over uh, and took over the Spartans and won the national title there. Look at you, correct on all fronts. Michael Adams was a uh, player at Boston College, also did play with the Washington Bulls and the Denver Nuggets. Yeah. Good score. Pure score at the time, especially. I, I would have gone. I'm surprised you didn't go Purvis Ellison. For Bullets? Yeah, I mean, when most of them. I, I said obscure. I was trying to nah, go. Okay, yeah, yeah, you want to go obscure? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he was on that team. I, I think I've told the story before when we, I got to go in the locker room after the Bullets yeah, Super Bowl NBA they, preseason game and saw Christian Leitner naked. <laughs> that was in Louisville, right? That was in Louisville. Yeah. See, it was weird because I remember that game. I me- I remember being at that game, but I didn't. E- I couldn't even told you who they played. Yeah. I, I guess now if I'd seen the star player of the other team naked, I probably would have remembered it a little easier. Hard to take out of your mind. Only thing I honestly remember from that game is that when they announced the uh, the teams came out, Ellison came out like dead last. Yeah, like he kind of like he, everyone came out and everybody's like looking around like because clearly everyone's there to see Purvis Ellison play. He was I, I got his autograph on a trading card after the game in the and, locker room. That was came, the, that was the second most memorable thing about that locker room experience behind <laughs> Christian Leitner doing an interview with a female reporter butt naked. The only other thing I also remember is my uncle just being because I'm I'm young, kind of still wet behind the ears, Trevor, and he's like, Ellison went to the line. He's like, he'll miss one, hit one. <laughs> and I'm like, and I'll just never get my uncle be like. You know, he, he's never hit two in a row. He always hits 
And like and for the rest of my like watching him play, I'm like always like, is he gonna hit two? Is he gonna hit two? Is he gonna hit two? <laughs> I'm like, like I'm gonna get like an eternally my own free Chick Fil A sandwich if he hits back to back free throws. Like I'm at a rubberine or something. I'm like, hit two, hit two, hit two. Come on. Well, well welcome <laughs> in everybody. It's a yeah. Starting on time today, Mike Rutherford show. We got a big show today. We're off at five thirty because Louisville bats are back in action. I think they haven't been rained out. They're uh, oh no. Nah. Well, I texted. I'm assuming they're still good to go. I texted Nick earlier just to make sure we're still good for today. He said yes. Okay, we'll have Nick Kern so. on at four fifteen. Little bats back in action tonight. 7:05, first pitch. 6:35, coverage starts. Cardinal Insider rolling from 5:30 to 6:30, and then at 4:30, special treat today. How about this? Oh yeah, mentioned it yesterday, but it's come to fruition. Damian Lee on the show for a full hour, 4:30 Ooh. to 5:30. We wanted to get him in studio. He's in Maryland, so we can't make that happen. Uh, so we'll have, to, we'll have to. I mean, hey, he's he's sporting some bullet stuff probably then today. I didn't even think about that because he's from Maryland. He is. He's back home. Oh, he's, he'd have liked the shirt probably. Spending some time there. He's got a golf tournament, celebrity golf tournament, charity golf tournament coming up in Louisville next month. He's going to talk a little bit about that and his foundation. Also, what it was like to be a world champion. Always cool to pick somebody's brain, especially when that memory is still fresh in their mind. Uh, and then uh, offseason move for him. Coming up, he's going to play for the Phoenix Suns next year. Yep. What prompted that move? How big of a deal is it to you know do something away from his family? I'm sure he's heard the noise about you're just on the team because you're Steph Curry's uh, brother-in-law and all this stuff. Now he gets a chance to make a name for himself in a new place. I'm sure he's excited about that. And sure, of course, we'll talk uh, his memories from Louisville if he still feels uh, as, I don't know, all warm and fuzzy about that last season as he did back in 2016. Time can change things a little bit. No, I'm allowed to ask him if he still has that. We got your back ring. Yeah, we'll talk about, we can talk about the ring. Just curious if he still has it or not. Like, if it's maybe sitting in, did he lose it? Did he, did we just give it like he was like short on a tip and a Domino's guy? And he's like, God, just here, have this. We can talk about the ring. Right. It's the, the crazy thing about that team now, looking back, the 2016 team that had its postseason ripped away at the last second is. Still hurts a little bit. Too. It, it hurts even more in hindsight because I think there was a. There was a sentiment among Louisville fans that, like, this team is pretty good, but they probably weren't as good as some of the teams we've had in recent memory. And you have to keep in mind, this is coming on the heels of a 2012 Final Four, 2013 national title, a team in 2014 that we mentioned yesterday, like, the, the all the analytics say is the strongest the best, team. Yeah. And, I mean, even if they weren't, they, one of the fa- they, they were the betting favorite going into that tournament to win it all in Vegas, despite being a four seed. And then 2015, a lot of talent. They go to the Elite Eight. So, like, that's the, the standard that Louisville basketball was at at that point. Even with that, even if that was the case, if that team, which had just beaten North Carolina, was number one in the country, was trending towards, I don't know, three, four, five seed. Looking back at it now, I think it hurts even more because on that team, we now know you've got Damian Lee, who has made a name for himself in the NBA. You've got Donovan Mitchell, who's become a superstar in the NBA. You had Shinano Wanawaku, who had a couple of seasons in the NBA. You had a lot of talent on that team. And, I mean, God knows how, how deeply we could have played in that tournament. You just... You never know. They, no, I mean, yeah. they certainly had a shot, is all I'm saying. And the fact that they never got that shot is always going to be one of the more sore subjects when it comes to Louisville basketball history, at least to me. I mean, we were a young team, but we had we were a very young supporting cast, a very talented young supporting cast. And you're right. I mean, we could have gone one and done the tournament. We could have. But I I mean, and this isn't a suck up because he's coming on the show, but Damian Lee was was that just that, that kind of individual player that if he gets hot, the, the special kind of hot. He could have. This team could have easily made a final four. For run. sure, he was first team All ACC. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you had you you get him where he's getting you know twenty twenty one maybe a game gets gets on a roll, is is just knocking down getting in his zone and you had, you had a supporting cast around him. You mentioned Anawaku, you had Snyder, you had Mitchell, you had Spalding. Yeah, I mean, Spalding, uh, NBA draft pick. Yeah, I mean, you had guys that, that were young and not like at their peak yet, but still good young supporting cast around a senior leader like that. I mean, it's it could. I mean, it could have been. Like I said. Could have gone one and done. Could have gone final. Who knows? We'll never know. Never know. It's same with the the 2020 team. Which one bugs you more that you'll never know? 
Um, I mean, I know 2016 tw- bugs me more as far as just personal because I think it was the wrong move. Tw- uh, the yeah, I was gonna, 16. You mean? Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say because 2020 is. I think it was probably a better team overall. 2020, there's well, more of a domino. I, I think so. I don't know. I, I think mean, those two teams were no, really yeah, similar. they were because that team was such upperclassmen. It's that kind of does hurt because you had so many, you lost so many people off that team. 2020, I think, is always. I'm more curious about it just based on the domino effect. Like, what if that team goes on a deep run? How does that yeah. change things for Chris Mack? Is he still the coach now? Do you not have any of that? You know, the if the pandemic doesn't affect the season after that, how good does that team wind up being? Um, you know, just because it, it wasn't like we didn't have any momentum at that point. That team had underachieved a little bit to that point. I think the 2016 team had overachieved to where they were in similar spots when their seasons were taken away. But the 2016 team... You know, they, they didn't have a whole lot of preseason top 25 buzz. I was high on that team. I thought that people were underrating them because I thought Damian Lee was that good, and he wound up being absolutely that good. And Donovan Mitchell and some other younger guys were better than we thought they were going to be right away. And, like, that team was trending towards a four seed. The 2020 team was probably trending towards a four seed, too, depending on what they did in the ACC tournament. But they were, you know, preseason top 10. They'd gotten to number one in the country. And they kind of were – it was an opposite thing where they were playing – like not their best basketball at the end of the no. season. They just played a bad game against Virginia to end the regular season. But you never know. I mean, we've seen teams play poorly at the end of the regular season yeah. and get hot in conference tournaments. So you just, I think 16 will always bother me more, but 2020, the overall curiosity, I think is probably a little bit higher. I think 16 also gives me a little bit of an edge because we took it away from ourselves. Exactly. It, it'll like never that, sit right with me. It'll like 20, never sit 2020, right with me. I can be mad about, but it, it wasn't like, I mean, it wasn't Louisville's fault. It was, you know, it was, Somebody's fault, but not Louisville's. I've, and 16, it was Louisville's fault. Exactly. I mean, and they didn't, and, 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 and such, in both cases, in hindsight, neither needed to be done. But in 16's particularly, did not need to be done. It, because I was kind of on an island at this time, because back, like, now there's a whole lot of, I think, revisionist history with people saying, well, it was, of course it was a bad move. At the time, everybody was saying it was the right move. Everybody was getting behind. They were saying, you don't want the full offseason with a postseason ban looming. It's not fair to the team after, and it'll derail recruiting. And all of that might have been true, but I still said, like, even if it's bad for the program overall, for our momentum, it's the right thing to do, to let these kids play in the tournament. Because you can't—we took the way, away the tournament from them in the first week of February, right after they'd beaten the number no, one no. team in the country. Like that, That's as crappy a thing as you can possibly do, and we did it to cover our ass. Like, we did it to try to keep recruiting going. We did it because we thought we were going to be even better the year after, which we may have been— and we had more of a chance to make a deep run that year. Like we did all those things, and it was just—it was not fair to the kids that we brought in. It wasn't fair to the kids that were well, on that team. Particularly, it was, just, it was awful. Particularly Lee and Lewis. Particularly, uh, they I'm, came I'm, here for not, that not specific purpose. Specifically, Lee and Lewis only. They were—they were the only two upperclassmen we had on the whole team. Yeah, but I, I mean, I, I forget about this, and I brought because I'm and I'm looking at the roster, so I can be well. Mango was a junior, okay. So we had outside outside of Lee and Lewis, you had you, you had Mango, uh, Mango was a junior, and Levitz was a junior. It was a young everyone, team. Everyone else freshman stopped me. So, I mean, they're they're going to be back next year. And that's what the, I think that's what so, their thought was. But even for the kids that, I mean, even for the kids that were underclassmen that were going to have another shot, it still sucks to, yeah, to put in all that work during the offseason. Especially in a bad day in sports where people leave after one year right. anyway. I mean, to, be, to be four weeks away from the thing that you work the entire year for and have it taken out from underneath you, I thought was just a, a pretty crappy thing to do. But uh, we sold our souls for a win over Jacksonville State the next year. Because that's what we got out of it. We get to play in the tournament. Because everybody says, well, you know, we didn't get any. We would have gotten banned for the tournament the year after. Like, taking that self-imposed ban kept us from the NCAA having to give out a ban for the 2017 team. So that's, we didn't just do it for nothing. 
But I we mean, got a Jacksonville State win out of the whole deal. Who beat in the second first round? I forget. Yeah, and then we lost yeah, to Michigan. Lost, I was going to say, I mean, I Suck kinda, Ray Harper. I would say, well, we were a two seed in that team, but then again, we also got beat in the second round. So maybe yeah. could have maybe like rather been banned in 17 than 16. I mean, I don't know. Man, in hindsight, <laughs> sure. Yeah, I take, I'll roll the dice to the 2016 I mean, because you, you can argue the 16 team similar to, I think, the, uh, the t- what was it? The, I was getting my ears mixed up, but the, the 11 team. The team that they really, I, that. I mean, yeah, you can argue, okay, well, look at the competitor too. You had, you know, Mitchell and Spawn. And, and yes, we later would find out how good these guys could be. But at the time. But at the time, yeah. I mean, the 11 team had, you know. Preston Knowles was Damian Lee. Exactly. Yeah. I, but I think Lee was a better version of Preston Knowles. I think Knowles. so, too. And this team, as you mentioned, you know, we weren't expected to be this good. It was a, a, a interesting one. A, another example of a great coaching job, coaching job by Rick Pitino, as well as an 11, which I think was still his best job. An individual season while at Louisville, how much he overcheated with that team. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, yeah, you could say we would have been four. We could have lost to another, you know, Murray State like team, but Morehead. Morehead, I mean, who cares? And also, Preston Knowles broke Screw them, they beat us anyway. Knowles broke his foot. Like, that's the forgotten thing. Yeah. We didn't just lose that game. We Our star player broke his foot halfway through. If that didn't happen, who knows what happened? And they still needed a last second shot to beat us. I love how people always, always people always go to like uh, Fareed in that game. And he didn't was, play that great. He was, he was like three of twenty in that game. Yeah, he had like he did have like twenty five rebounds. But, but yeah, he had the Moses. But he Malone, was not great. But he had the Moses Malone game going, where That's, he missed like four of his own shots and then puts the last one back. I've said this before, and cover your ears, Morehead State fans. Like the thing that bothers me the most about that game, if you because I've rewatched it, I think a couple of times since when it was just on TV. Like Morehead didn't play that well in that game. We no. just played as poorly as we could possibly play, and our best player broke his foot. Um, we had every opportunity to win the game. I. Peyton Steve is one of my favorite cards of all time. That may have been the worst game he ever played. Like he just was was not good. And when he was a freshman that year, wasn't he? Or sophomore. Sophomore, yeah. And when Preston got hurt, we had nowhere to turn to. And then you I mean, poor you know, Elijah Justice hits the shot that should have been the game clincher, the great story, the walk on from out in the, the state of Kentucky. Mike Merritt, if he, if they call that foul in the last second, he potentially has the redemption story. Cause if you remember, he missed the free throw that would have potentially kept the game going against UConn in the championship of the Big East tournament the week before, which if we win that game, we get their seed, they get our seed, they win the national title. <laughs> yeah. Who knows? Who knows? Uh, but that one will always sing for a lot of reasons. But anyway, Damian Lee on the show at uh, 4.30 to talk some Louisville baseball, uh, to talk some Louisville, uh, baseball? sports. And then we'll have Bats baseball right before that with Nick Curran at 4.15 with the Bats being back in town. we got things to talk about before then. If you want to talk about them, hit us up on the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. It's the Thornton sex line. It's Thornton summer cash bash going on all summer long. We've still got a, a few weeks left. Calendar's getting awfully close to August. That means school's creeping up. It means summer's coming to an end. If you want your chance to win $10,000 every week from Thornton's, now is the time to act. All you have to do is download the Refreshing Rewards app, open that bad boy up, click on the summer cash bash icon, and boom, you are entered. You can also text rewards to 80313 today to open your Refreshing Rewards account. They're giving away ten grand every week to a Refreshing Rewards member that has enrolled in the summer cash bash, and they're giving away a grand prize of a 2022 Chevy Tahoe at the end of the summer to one of those Refreshing Rewards members. We love Thornton's. Hit us on the text line at 502-414-1450. August just makes me think it's fantasy football month. Is that what you think of when you think of August? Somewhat, yeah. I think. I mean, I, granted, I am in the middle of another one of those long drafts. This thing started last Wednesday, by the way. I'm still in like, we're like in the seventh round. Tomorrow will be a week. This sounds like a league that's not even worth it. I, it's, well, especially after about the third round, it's not. See, when I think of, of August. Of course, in the second round, I took John Meshi. Two days later, he gets leukemia. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm sure it sucks more for him, but I mean, I think he got the worst end of it. He too. might have the worst end of it, but I feel worse for him than I do you. It's like last year I took Travis Indian in the first round. Like two weeks later, he destroys his knee. This year I take him in the second. 
whoever I take in the third round next year might want to just like stay at home for like a week because he, he's like destined to get hit by a bus or something. So you think fantasy football? I still think even to this day, when I go outside and it's August and the grass is a little like starting to get a little burnt, you have that little smell of like what. I still think old school football practice, and I, I haven't played okay. football in over twenty years. I still think summer football and how much I hated it. Do up downs? Yeah, just how much like those were the worst times to play football. Like, nobody liked it. If you if you were a kid who liked those summer practices, one, you're either misremembering it, or two, you're a psycho. Like those, I like I was fine at football growing up. I was pretty good. I liked the actual sport. I loved when you got to the games. The summer sessions sucked. Like they, they were terrible. Like those early days of practice were just the absolute worst. I still think about that, and then I also think about going to school, which still gives me like a little PTSD. It's like a little flutter in my chest. I'm like, no, kids I don't today, like it. Kids today don't have the luxury. I don't, I don't, well, then again, I say kids today, but then again, I don't know. Old man take first segment. Yeah, here we, what go. we do. It's back. I, I don't know. This this may have been different for you too, but for me, the best part. I wouldn't say the best part, but like we used to have the fair the week before you went back to school. Was that was it was it still in that time frame when you? I feel like that's right. I feel like it was always like when school was now. Was it's like back. the first week, yeah. Or, the second or week. hell, it's like the third week for last year. Like we went last year and it was like third week of school. When I was growing up, though, it was like you had that, that was kind of like you. It was like it was like our Mardi Gras into Lent. Like you had yeah. you had the fair and it ended on Sunday, and then Monday was the first day of school, and that was just it was so it was I don't want to say perfect, but it was kind of awesome because that was just you know that was just kind of your way of like okay closing out summer. Yeah, it's yeah. the perfect the party exactly. And then they, I don't remember when, because like I said, you're only about five years behind me, but yeah. And I don't remember when they stopped doing it, but when they moved the fair into the first week, which I remember just thinking, this is just dumb. And I think, I don't think the fair has ever been the same since personally. I mean, I, then again, I've gotten older too, so I don't care to go to it as much, but I fair. That's a good, I remember that being the case too. I also like, cause my birthday is August 27th. I also had this thing where it was like, when I was a kid, I was looking forward to my birthday, but it also was like looking forward to school at the same time, which sucked. Like there was, I think, two different years growing up where my birthday was on the first day of school, which is just the absolute worst. <laughs> Mine's in the middle, or well, I guess yeah, because in the mid-April, so yeah. couldn't be, it couldn't be worse. Like first, uh, my first day of kindergarten, I remember it was like, <laughs> like we actually have a birthday today, and I'm like, oh god, no, don't, <laughs> don't, don't do this to me. It was like I think in college at Dayton, it was the second full day of classes, and I was like, well, this oh, sucks. that's yeah, the like, day you actually do stuff in exactly. Class. Like, yeah. like you know, we're freshmen, like we're still kind of like we're nervous about like you know drinking too much too early in college. And so, like, we did nothing. I think, like, one of my friends who was there, like, a girl who had, had gone to high school with or been friends with in high school, she baked, like, cupcakes. And we went to her, like, dorm room and ate them. And that was it. Like, well, this sucks. What kind of, what kind of cupcakes were those? Like? No. no, no, no. <laughs> uh, but that was, like, also, I left my window open and my our dorm room got soaked. It stormed when we were going out to eat dinner. I, again, I told you, everything, something terrible happens on my birthday every year. Circle that calendar, August 27th. It's going to be bad. bad. Yeah, the last one, I was out for your birthday. That was the worst thing that happened to you, right? That's right. Last year, you were gone. Was that, but you had Eric Wood in here. I did. We had Eric Wood. Well, he was on, I might have been on the phone, but I can't remember. I think that was fun. I think we had Mark Cole in here. We interviewed him. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So we had that going on. Uh, You'll have me this year, hopefully. I'm excited. You know, you never know. You never know. I think, well, the 20, that's on like a Friday, isn't it? My birthday is somehow like, it's always, like, more times than not, it's been like Friday, Saturdays, I feel like for most of my life. Because we have this weird thing, because Mary's birthday, I guess, is on the opposite, like, day because her birthday always sucks because i think that's the weekend i do my cool like, i think you're right i think it is a friday this year my uh, 21st was on a saturday i remember finding that out when i was like 13 years old like calculating it on, on the, what, your the calendar 27th 27th of august oh no it's saturday that yeah that saturday is, that is the night the same night as my uh my fantasy draft with all my buddies that we all meet up with there you go it's a, it's a celebratory occasion i knew it was rough with that last week we did the last weekend of august so you have you uh gotten yours together and planned for your meet with your old school league our draft date? No, yeah. we haven't. We haven't figured that out yet. Oh, you might want to get on that, man. You we gotta... haven't even drawn for order. Usually, we draw for order like whenever there's like an event. Where We've had not... our date for like two months. 
Yeah. Well, we usually figure it out around this time. Like, mm-hmm. we'll, there's usually an event around this time where we're, most of us are in the same place and we'll draw for draft order and then we'll try to figure it out. But yeah, it's getting about that time. Did you kicked the guy, one guy out, didn't you, last year? Yeah, we started doing the, uh, the relegations. Relegations, yeah. So just... my poor buddy Craig, who's the, so we've done this league forever. He's the only person who's never won the league. And I think it matters more to him than anybody else. I can relate. And he's the first person yeah. to get relegated. Oh, man. It's so sad. we got our other buddy Walsh, who we kicked out all the way back sophomore year of high school. He got kicked out of the league. Also, seven. You talk. That's like ten something plus years, right? Oh, more than that. Yeah. This was two. This was two thousand five. So it's been a long, long time. He's been just sitting there outside the gates of uh, been, fantasy heaven this whole time. It's been like a running joke, and then I think we realized after a little bit of time that he like actually like it was serious. He like really wanted back in. He shouldn't be. Felt like he shouldn't have been blamed for getting not updating his roster because he was pledging a frat and uh, it was, was high school. Finding <laughs> it was college. F- college. Finding the love of his life at Miami of Ohio. <laughs> Uh, he didn't update his roster a few times. for like, well, you're done forever. He's out. Did but he marry the love? He did. They're, okay. they're married. They're together. They have okay. three kids. They're, right. they're doing well. So we, we forgave him for that. But he's back in the league for the first time since sophomore year of college. Poor Craig is sitting a year out on the sidelines. And I still hate it. I still I voted against it. I'd vote against it again. But here we are. Is he, is he going to be kind of confused and go over there and like, I'll take Priest Holmes. If he doesn't update like, his he, roster. He the audacity. What, what, if, what if he just goes out there and just goes into a mindset like it's the same, It's like the year after he was kicked out, which would have been, what, like 2005? 2005. Yeah. Like, I'll take Sean Alexander with the second pick. He's already <laughs> like he's already not in people's good graces because he was not nearly thankful enough. Like, he's just, he's like, he just hasn't been. Like, we thought he was going to be like, oh, like, thank you guys so much. I appreciate this. He's been almost, like, antagonistic this entire time. So people are gunning for him. See, I like how you. I want him right back out of the league next year. I like how you guys just instead of like expanding, you just relegated. You're like, okay, we're just gonna kick the, the lowest one out. Yeah. And, we didn't. We thought we we debated twelve. There wasn't a natural fit, so we were like, we're like, no, we're not gonna force this. And in my long standing league, we actually did expand and went to twelve. And we bought because one person who had been out, he he was out for about two, only a couple years, long time, but wanted back in. And so we 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 were like, okay, well, we got to find out a second person and. A buddy of mine, I think I want, was gonna was gonna join, but then a few people who in the league had one of their buddies who was in it like in the year one, kind of like some of your guy, and he's in our first year and we kicked him out because he never changed his lineup, he just let it sit, and they were like, oh no, he's changed, he's good, he's good, and so I'm like, all right, we'll, we'll bring him back, okay, he can come back in, and we're like less than a month of the season, he hasn't even accepted an invite to like the the, the station. Take him out. I mean, yeah, he, all right, we got to wrap up the fantasy. We got to wrap up the fantasy. Okay, on. Nobody cares. We, we we don't need to be doing this segment one, even though we just did for like five minutes. Um, <laughs> it wasn't the whole five minutes. It was it was too long. It, it went it went too long. We've got uh, we have things to talk about in the next segment. We got to get to the preseason ACC poll is out where Louisville finished. Uh, who topped it? I don't think there's any surprise there. We'll get to that. Also, people wanted to get our thoughts on the Mega Millions and what the the lottery group is doing. Um, that doesn't include me. We'll talk about that. You know, you're too cool for it, aren't you? Very too cool. And we'll take some uh, some questions on the Thornton text line as well at 502-414-1450. Before we take our first break, I want to remind you this show being brought to you by our friends over at AirServe. Technicians available 24-7. They're like EMTs for your HVAC. These guys do it all. Not only do they air test the quality of air in your home, they fix it. AirServe offers air quality solutions like air purification systems and allergen protection. Also, carbon monoxide and smoke detector installation, humidifiers, and dehumidifiers, all guaranteed to keep your house executing at an optimum level. Go to their website, airserve.com backslash Louisville. That's A-I-R-E-S-E-R-V.com slash Louisville. Or you can call them directly at 502-264-9662. Sign up with AirServe, the home team. We love them. We'll take a break. We'll come back. We'll talk a little ACC football preseason poll that's coming up next here on the Mike Rutherford Show on 1450 and 96.1, The Big X. I've been good. Dallas, Texas. 
Nah, just a random. Nah, just what was the first five songs that popped in my head today? Okay. Yes, Lisa Lisa and Nicole Jam was one of the first five songs to pop in my head. I don't. Today. I don't ask these questions. I don't. I don't either. I, I don't want to know. Brain goes lost in emotion. I'm like, okay, brain. That's the best. Fine with me. The best part is think of this song and then listen to what I play in the top of the next hour. I'm excited to hear. I mean, I got them all over the map. Today, I can't wait. Bit. I'm cool, yeah. So we've got. I, I don't know how the. I can never remember if this is the way that the AC does it every single year or if this is just because most times well, I, I, you can't remember. I'm screwed. Well, I know. I don't, I don't expect you to know. <laughs> but the ACC media day was, was was last week or media days, ACC kickoff, whatever the hell you want to call it. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like with most leagues, they come out with their preseason all conference teams and their media poll like the last day of the media days. I think basketball does it that way. But I, again, I can't really remember. But the ACC, we just find out their, their media poll today. I don't know why we haven't found their first team, all second team, you know, the individual accolades, any of that stuff. I guess well, that they, will be tomorrow. They need time to count it. Maybe that's what it is. It's totally like what 12 people voting. They need time to count. Now, I assume you can guess who the, the predicted preseason champion is. Clemson? Clemson received 103 votes out of 164 total votes. They also are the overwhelming uh, pick to win the Atlantic Division. Where do you think Louisville ranks in terms of the Atlantic Division preseason here? I mean, there's five teams, right? Seven. I forget. Um, fifth. Fourth. Oh, wow. Okay, good. Cards are behind Clemson, who received 111 votes. NC State, who received 44 first-place votes. Wake Forest, who received six first-place votes. And then Louisville chimes in at a uh, fairly distant fourth behind Wake Forest. There are They are about 90 votes ahead of Florida State, who did receive two first-place votes, but is fifth in the Atlantic Division standings. And then Boston College received a single first-place vote from God knows who. Uh, they're Tom Coughlin out there voting. And then Syracuse, a distant seventh with just 201 votes. That's the fewest amount of total points of any team in the in this poll. And it, it leads me to this point, which is Scott. Scott. Got to beat these guys, man. And do it by more than three. Distant last in the preseason poll. Distant. Like so far back, we don't even see them anymore. First game of the year. I know it's on the road. Can't lose to Syracuse, Scott cannot we're all rooting for you we all want this to go well we all want this to be not awkward at all in order for that to happen you've got to beat Syracuse Scott you've got to beat him got to beat him are you surprised we got voted ahead of Florida State a little bit honestly that's that's because that's why I assumed you know we would be ahead of Boston College and Syracuse like I mean I that's like Boston College could be a scary matchup, especially if they, the quarterback can stay healthy. All year. I do too. I mean, there's like, like you said a few times. I feel like there are three games that you circle on the schedule and you say, "Yeah, we should probably win those." There are three games you circle and you say, "Yeah, we should probably lose those." And then the other six, you're like, eh, "Maybe slightly more one way. or the other." But that's I think BC falls into that category. I think yep. Florida State falls in that category. Yep. I think honestly, I think I mean NC State maybe is pushing it a little bit. But I, I still put them in that category. Being we got them at home, I give us the more. That, that's where I lean it towards more 50-50. If it was again on the road, prime time or not, like last time, then then I would probably lean more 60-40 them. As far as the Coastal Division is concerned, Miami in their perennial spot as the preseason Coastal Division favorites. Uh, <laughs> 98 first-place votes. Pitt is second, the reigning ACC champs. Louisville gets them this year. Uh, they got 38 votes. Then North Carolina, Virginia, Virginia Tech, Georgia Tech, and Duke rounding out the Coastal. And as far as the voting for overall champion, Clemson gets 103 votes to win the, the conference. Uh, they're the preseason favorites. NC State gets 38, easily the second most. Miami, 8. Wake Forest, 4. 
Pitt three, Virginia three, Florida State two, North Carolina two, and once again, one single vote for Boston College to be the overall ACC champion. God love that poor soul. Also, who's who are the three people voting for Virginia to win it all? I mean, what are we doing? You know, <clears throat> well, I don't know about winning y'all. Winning just winning the coastal, maybe. No, they, these are these are three votes yeah. to win the entire conference. Like, because I have a feeling like it's not going to be like my, I have a feeling there's going to be like another like uh, oh crap they they won the coastal this year like P- Pittsburgh did last year. I mean, they were what like six and five the year before or something like that five yeah. and six. I mean, Miami I think's picked like every year to win it and they they won it what like one time maybe. Uh, no, they, yeah, the coastal one yeah, time. They won exactly. One, yeah, won. and I, I feel like they get picked like every, like the, the South Carolina, the ACC, like everyone picks them, and yet they never accomplish anything that they've been picked to do. It's Texas football on a smaller scale. <laughs> yeah. Miami's always back in the coastal, even though they've never really been there. So I mean, I could be. I wouldn't be surprised if Virginia is not the team that comes out maybe a ten win team out of that coastal this year and kind of takes that surprise step forward and wins the coastal. Maybe. I mean, it's been a rotating I would door be anyway. Well, I mean, they they have just as much opportunity as maybe Pitt or North Carolina does. Yeah. I mean, or not Pitt, uh, Pitt or Miami does. I don't know, man. I mean, they're banking a lot on Miami, like moving forward with the Van Dyke kid as quarterback. He played well at the end of last season. Pitt he brings did. back so much from last year's team outside of the the top two offensive threats, including quarterback. I know but, it's not but a they small do, thing. And they bring in the kid from USC. They do, which is a a big time deal. Of course, then again, he's bounced around so much. You got to wonder, okay, really is he? I, mean, I think, despite all that, I think I would have picked Pitt to win the Coastal. I feel like, I mean, they. They were damn good last year. They bring back most of that defense from last year. I think they're gonna be a problem. Virginia brought back. I know they've got the arm. They've got Armstrong back. back. I mean, they were they were what five hundred? What, what were they last year? Eight? They eight wins last year? I think seven. Eight sounds right. Their defense sucked. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, you know what? I'm gonna leave Virginia winning the coast. I'm gonna I'm gonna go on the limb and say it this year. It's a TK pick. My TK pick. Them or Virginia Tech. Hmm. But I can't remember who Virginia Tech brought back. I don't remember them being that great last year. I wouldn't. Uh, yeah. Virginia Tech, Virginia was uh, six and six last year, and Virginia Tech was six and seven. Virginia lost its well. Virginia Tech was they, their bowl game got canceled, so they didn't get a chance to. Oh yeah, <laughs> they lost that. Virginia was six and two at one point. Maybe that's what you're thinking of. And they lost four straight games to end the regular season, including a 66-49 drubbing at BYU. Ooh, Virginia Tech lost their bowl game fifty-four to ten to Maryland. That's embarrassing. Maryland was not good last year. <laughs> we should have beat Virginia last year. Virginia wasn't good. No, no, we shouldn't. I mean, we we had Virginia beat. That's the one. I mean, that's, that's the one that sticks out. That's I, the one that got Brian Brown fired to me. That's where you. That's where you just. That's, where he, got, that's where he got fired. Yeah, he, he he may not know it yet, but he was. He was fired that moment. Okay. <laughs> he just haven't. We just haven't got the message to him yet. He hasn't got the memo. I like that the <laughs> the first text on the text line that I saw today was from two o'clock, and it was like the same highlight from yesterday's show to me was the this, uh, the highlight for this person who said. I thought TK was going to say he went to Oscars or something and got a good local burger, and then this man just said Domino's. <laughs> you teased it perfectly. I mean, it makes you feel better, boy. The heartburn I had yesterday was that from the the hamburger pizza? I think so, man. It was. Whew, I went through about. I was just popping uh, whatever those chewable things. Uh, oh, Pepsi and yeah, and acids last night. So you so Burger Week ended for you. you didn't carry it on into Monday. No, no. Last yesterday was sauce well, today. Well, I saw what you ordered last night. No, that was dessert. I mean. $100 worth of Grater's ice cream. Well, it adds up, man. You go on there and order. I was on, we were walking, we took a family walk last night with the dogs and the kids and the stroller, and I'm walking along, and you sent that text, I just showed Mary, Mary's like, holy crap. Here's the problem, like, one, don't order Grater Stone. Second, <laughs> like, don't, I'm on there, and I'm like, ooh, like, I knew I wanted a mint, 
And I'm like going through the flavors. And I can't decide. Like I like the midnights. There, there's so many different flavors I like, and there's some I haven't tried. You didn't go with sherbet. I noticed that. You didn't no, make, no, didn't I make didn't. that mistake I again. Did, no, not raspberry sherbet. There was a lot of consistency. A lot, a lot of, a lot of chocolate peanut. A lot of dark flavors there. A lot of peanut. A lot of chocolate. Well, I mean, what are you, what are you an ice cream racist over there? No, I'm just saying <laughs> there wasn't much. Not a whole lot of fruity flavors. Not a lot of uh, no sherberts. Nothing. <laughs> Why are you just leaving me out to hang? Because <laughs> out of context, this is such a great conversation. I'm aware. <laughs> All I'm saying is there was a there was a not a lot of diversity so, amongst the ice cream selection. Somebody tuned in briefly at that moment, like. Are they listening to that Fox News channel thing again on here? <laughs> that talk does not fly on the Fox News channel. Uh, <laughs> now I did get a peach though. I did. I mean, but it's not a. It's not a sorbet. Right. <laughs> can I still pronounce it like that? You're fine. Like, you can say whatever you want. I haven't tried the peach. I haven't here. tried the peach though. Uh, but I did get that. I'm so upset. Like the first time I ordered from there, they had like a. Um, uh, I want to say a coconut flavored, and it was so good. I love coconut. Coconut pineapple. I both love. Ugh. And, like, ever since then, they haven't had coconut available again on there. And I'm very disappointed. I don't know if it's, like, just the DoorDash thing or... Maybe. But it's just so easy. Like, I'm like, this flavor looks good. This flavor. And before I know it, I've ordered, like, 11 pints of ice cream. I haven't had Graders for a while, but the, the highlight for me was always the... You sent the, them home? The dipped waffle cone. Oh, I thought... Weren't they the ones you sent home on Virginia's birthday? Oh, yeah. When we ordered the Graders ice cream truck. You should have sent them to me. I and mean. I was like, we've got COVID. And I didn't finish my sentence. They were like, we're out of here. I was like, yeah. Get out of here. <laughs> I mean, that would have that would have taken him, obviously. Texas says, um <laughs> what? I don't even know what this means. It is a two week supply for the record. Two weeks. That, that's how long the last time you did this last well, time. Well, right? because when I get in the, like if I'm picking some ice cream, like I'll eat a pint of ice cream. Is that is that a lot of ice cream in a sitting? It's a yeah. I mean it feels like Lloyd a, Braun. It's a lot of gum. Yeah, is that just me or is that a lot of gum? It's a lot of gum. I mean a hundred dollars worth. It's a lot of ice cream. I mean but I is I don't know, like a pint looks just like a snack pack to me. Okay. Am I alone in that? No, I'm sure you're not alone. Okay. At one point in time, I probably. I mean, I will be you. sooner or later because people agree with me. are probably having heart attacks no, as we speak. But no, I mean. it's not funny. We don't. We're not joking about that. Uh, Texas says, "God, this talk of screwing Lee and Lewis out of the tournament is making me nauseous all over again." Hindsight, you obviously take the 2016 team in the tournament. Even non-hindsight, you don't do that to people. I agree. That's. I felt people were very mad at me for saying that back in the day. I just feel like I need to repeat that because I felt very isolated. But I stand by that opinion. Texas Mike, as a UK fan, I truly feel bad for you all. Thank you. I hope you Thanks, can really. Thank you. <laughs> I hope you can somehow still DJ and Carter back from the God of Calipari. No one deserves to have all this bad that you have endured. Thank you for that truly genuine and heartfelt sentiment, Texas. <laughs> somehow, I don't believe it. Hey, is that okay that you're losing your voice a little bit? Yeah, I'm good. Um, also, all the text before that, this guy is like, shouldn't have cheated. Bunch of cheaters. Oh, the guy. I think it's angry guy. <laughs> Well, he's finally coming around. No, he's just trying to get his text read on air. And that was ah. the most recent one that I saw. Because you've started ignoring his text on the air because he's been too angry? Some of them. Well, so He'll text like 17 times before I can even see the most recent one. So <laughs> I can't even get to those. Texas is still missing the summer. Trevor ranking the Mary movies. He's got the list. We, I think we have a couple other ones. But we, we don't have time to do that today because we've got, we've got guests for the rest of the show. And I'd like to say that last night I did watch a brief part of a Mary movie. Which one was that? Fugitive. She loves Fugitive. I love Fugitive. <clears throat> Still, by the far, I hands down the best TV show adapted to a movie. Yeah. I mean, come on, really? I'm trying. I'm just trying to think. I mean, I'm not rejecting your your comment. I'm premise. just trying to think of other ones. I mean, you I have, think, huh? I can't think of any other. I mean, there's there's been Frasier a, the movie. 
<laughs> I mean, I like like Twenty One Jump Street, and I liked uh, Starchy and Hutch, but some of those were but those weren't even like supposed to be like like them. They were like, like almost the spoofing the show. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, exactly. As 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 on the same lines as like the uh, Brady Bunch movie did. Yeah, but Fugitive was just like a just a full version of the show that was serious right. to begin with. That's right. that's the best one. Seriously, I don't know why you guys always get preempted for the Pats game. Surely, well, okay, I can't read. Okay. We love the Bats. Bats are coming back, baby. The Bats are back. The Bats are back. See the dude hit like a 477-foot home run the other night? Yeah. Sixth longest home run in Louisville Slugger Field history. Only six? That's crazy. 477 was only six? Absolute bomb. I mean, I figured that 477, they're hitting like the expressway. Imagine me driving past the the stadium on the expressway, and it's like, boom, a baseball hits the, the road. I don't think I made it that far. <laughs> it would have been pretty cool, though. Texas, our last place finisher in fantasy, didn't do the punishment of going and sitting on Santa's lap. Come on, you got to do the punishment. Craig, you know what you need to do, and you still suck. Our relegated player who's never won the league is Craig as well. Oh, wow. Craig's just apparently stuck at fantasy football. Our original last person was supposed to be, we call him the uh, the board B. Uh, I don't know why I'm like bleeping myself out for that word, but I'm going to anyway. Okay. And uh, But then again, but that lasted like one year, and now like, the, they got hosts. Has this really nice house, and we we'll keep going back to it now because he's apparently the richest of us all. Uh, he's got like the giant like projection screen. He's got hooked up to his laptop, so it keeps everything. All you got to do is type everything in. So much easier than going up doing the stickers and everything. Yeah. But did you see the people drag racing the expressway this weekend? Yes, I saw the pictures. Like maybe, I would have been so pissed if I'd been stopped. Just made, made, making that baseball reference just made me pop to my head. I saw the how did he? How do you get away with that? I don't know. Like, it was Friday night. Like, I'm driving home Friday night from the Babs game. Yeah. If for anybody who doesn't know what we're talking about, like, people, they did, like, street racing impromptu on the Waterson. Yeah. And he, like, like, they cleared up. They stopped traffic. They cleared out. And they did street racing in the middle of the Waterson. And apparently, like, everybody, it was all over. I saw pictures all over the internet. But, like, I don't think anything happened to those people. I mean, you can't. Yeah. I mean, they've got, apparently, they've got, they've got to have, like, license plate numbers in these videos that have been posted. And I think. I mean, I don't want, I mean, listen, I hate, I, I, I never want to be called the, the, the narc, but, like, I might have. I might even call the cops. I mean, it's the Watterson. Yeah, like if they came to a stop and I'm seeing people drag racing and drag racing around me, I'm like, I might even drop a. I might drop a dime on them. Do yeah. kids still say that? Sure. Okay. <laughs> Not kids who narc. <laughs> that sounds more like a narc by trying to sound. <laughs> Texas, I actually talked to Scott, and he's really freaked out by you directly addressing him on the air. <laughs> Scott's out. <laughs> I hope that's not true. Texas Athlon and College Football News has UofL in the Gasparilla Bowl versus uh, Auburn in Tampa. I would take that. Does Auburn Tampa? Yeah, I'm taking that. I don't know how good Auburn's going to be next year, but I'm assuming. I mean, the thing with the the second tier bowl games in the AC, you could be in that bowl game with a six and six record. You could be in that bowl game with a nine and three record. It just you know, it's not like the the selection process isn't like it used to. I mean, we watched Brom and Purdue beat Tennessee, one of the better teams in the SEC last year with best bowl game with his third string lineup. Yeah, Texas says the peach is the best flavor. Peaches, I like peach, so I'm looking forward to it. I haven't tried it yet. Texas, I had a little bit of the mint last night. Well, I mint last night. Can we tell Damian Lee about the Viva La Mexico blanket? No. <laughs> I'm still kind of mad you wouldn't let me keep that. No, you, 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 no, that, that needed to be thrown away. It could have been washed. Texas got the, the the Drake meme where he's like rejecting the first thing, and then it's like him giving like the thumb, the the point, like and the nod of approval to the second thing, and it's Trevor's food choices, no, but Trevor's musical choices, yeah. <laughs> uh, people are saying Mission Impossible is the best TV movie to become a. Uh, oh no, better than Fugitive? Oh no, 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 no. 
Yeah. But it's great in that one. I'm I'm not even really big. I've seen the original Mission Impossible. That's the only one I saw, and I saw it so long ago, I don't even remember it. I don't just, they, also, they don't, just don't do it for me, I guess. Plus, you're comparing Tom Cruise to Harrison Ford. I mean, seriously, people. I agree with you there. I like the Fugitive more, I think, than Mission Impossible. Yeah, I mean. Can we talk about this Lamar thing? Because we have, we've had multiple texts the last couple of days about this, and we haven't had a chance to get there. But... I assume you're referring to the statement by the the, the anonymous Correct. coordinator. Okay, it's yeah. anonymous speak season, baby. That's what the summer's for. Do you ever, do you ever think they're making that up when, they, when, when a writer says that? Every now and then, yeah. Sometimes I think that. I, I mean, I like, I like and the, part of me likes to feel like they're, um, they're I'm, I should try, I can trust them. But sometimes you see something outrageous like that. Where, I, I get curious. I, yeah. Every now and then there'll be like a quote. It's like an ACC coach says that Coach K is actually not that good anymore and he may have some mental <laughs> issues. I'm like, really? Did anybody really say, even like anonymously? But when he, I also think that people just. People when they're talking anonymously will just say things that like they don't actually mean just because they want it to get printed and they want it to have a reaction. Like they want that notion out there to piss off the person who's directed at. Yeah. Like somebody may might say like Coach K is the most overrated coach in history or something. They probably don't actually believe that. They just kind of want to piss off Coach K because they don't like him. I think that happens too with these anonymous things. Which don't get me wrong, I like it because it's it's juicy, it's good fodder for summer talk, but it's also so cowardly to like do the whole like. like Things I would never say if I was putting my name behind this, but I'll do it in print because I like, I don't have to have my name. I also just thought it came off both. Part of me like came off kind of just generic. Well, let's read the thing before we just uh, yeah. talk about it without addressing exactly what we're talking about. It, this was the Athletic has done this for the last few years where they they rank the best quarterbacks. Sean Moth in the building looking incredible. I'm here in a month. Because people wondered if we could be seeing the same place at the same time. Dropping in. Like, so, some are curious if we're the same person. Look at him. I was like, there's he's no got, way Sean Moss is doing He's got the Stanley Cup champion shirt on. You know what's crazy is I got my shirt he's in got the other day. Bud little... Light. Look at this. Look at that. Look at this man. He's bringing us, he's bringing us beverages. Unbelievable. I, I couldn't bring him what he wanted from Colorado. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's not hidden in the bottom of the bottle? <laughs> I learned that trick. Incredible. Incredible. You want to sit down? Yeah. Hop on. Hop yeah. on. Give him a mic. This is, it's guest day, right? It's guest day. Here, you, have to, you have to use this one. So I'm, what are you switching over to? Yellow? I'm on yellow now. Okay. There you go. I got to turn you on. Turn me on. There you go. Yeah. Turn it on. <laughs> Come on. Yeah, that, I didn't even mean to play that one out. <laughs> Sean Moth impromptu on the studio. Am I on? You're on, yeah. Okay, I'm just making sure. Just Am making I sure. Am I on? He's got the Stanley Cup champion shirt on. He brings the Stanley Cup Bud Light. Uh, like he also surprises Trevor. He's looking fantastic. He's very excited. Let me see. Make sure you got the right one. Let me see the shirt again. He's got the same one. That's you know what? I'm I'm mad at myself because he convinced me, Sean, to get one. Yeah, yeah, I did. And so I did, and it came in yesterday. And I, I mean, I looked at it and thought about wearing it today. Like if you, if I had worn it today, we had to get a picture of like You'd twins. Have been twins. I mean, you could have easily been twins. I, I, I mean, met some guys for lunch at the stadium. I, I figured you and your brother need to to represent. So we do. It was yeah. his uh, 50th birthday on Friday. Excellent. We went over there. I hooked him up with one of the lovely gifts that you gave me. He was thrilled. His uh, his youngest son, who's big into hockey, was uh, beyond, I thought it was the coolest thing in the entire world. So Good. thank you again. You're the best. Oh, please. But he's, yeah, they, they actually celebrated. They did Friday night. They had a, a party. And then Saturday, they rented out Iceland to play, like, pickup hockey nice. the entire night. Yeah. We couldn't make it out for that, but he was all he was all excited. Him. But we're still celebrating. We're still in Av's euphoria over with the Rutherford family. Yeah. Don't, I don't want to capitalize on anything here, but I was in the neighborhood. Wanted to drop these off, you know. 
anytime you can have any sort of bargaining with the the brother, you know. Yeah, of course. So he doesn't have hand all the time. I don't know how the relationship. So you're big. You're big Nuggets fan too, right? We actually he dropped a Michael Adams reference earlier. I did. Another Nuggets Michael guy. Adams reference. One of my my best friend's favorite player. Because he's wearing yeah. a bullet shirt, and I was like, shout out to yeah, Michael Adams. So. Michael. All Adams. I could think of. Was that was that your who was your favorite nugget? Because I mean, I, I think like Alex English days, the Doug Mo, Doug Mo, by the way, way ahead of his time. Yeah. Doing what's today, everyone do today wants to play like Doug Mo did in the eighties. Yeah, that was the era. I I was a huge Lafayette Fat Lever. Ah, Fat Lever, <laughs> I yeah, love Fat Lever. Fat Lever was a pure score as I, well. I kind of saw a little Terry Rozier in Fat Lever. Yeah, you know, the big like guard that. that could rebound. He was a triple doubles machine that people don't really know about. But yeah, uh, David Thompson was my first. Okay, player. that's nice. definitely understandable. Yeah. You, yeah. Anything else you want to get off your chest, Trevor? Since you've been yeah, you've been clamoring for the Sean Moth meetup. Do you want me to ask I'm, about I'm, the two awful teams <laughs> I did PA for in Denver? Because they were the worst teams in the history of the NBA. Well, I'm assuming so. You weren't there for the uh, the '94 Cinderella run with uh, Chris Jackson and we were uh, Brian was, Stiff and company. I was covering the team then. Yeah, I was at Game Six against Seattle before we forced Game Seven and. Or game four before we first game, game five, five against yeah. the Supersonics that magical year, but no, we I was post that pre Carmelo, so we drafted Tony Batty, oh, Bobby El, Jackson, El Busto is Danny, Danny Fortson, Fortson, called him, yeah. all in the same year, Danny Fortson, <laughs> and they all Fortson. played a lot, and it was not a good, night. and that's why they weren't very good. Yeah, that's exactly why people forget that Nuggets team, despite pulling off that that great upset over Seattle, were down 0-3 to Utah and forced the game seven. Yeah, almost did a, a, a comeback from 0-3-0, which no NBA team has still done. My my best memory of the the Nuggets run when I was covering them was getting Lafonso Ellis to do a liner for me uh, <laughs> to listen to 93 seconds of sports with the Mothman, and he's like, "What's the nice. Mothman?" And I was like, "Don't worry about it." But then watching Dikembe Mutombo make fun of Chris Jackson, Mahmoud Abdul Rauf's Tourette's. Yeah. And doing like his oh, cookie Lord. monster voice while Chris Jackson's trying to tie his shoe fourteen different times. Yeah. Oh, uh, oh man, pretty surreal. Great times. Um, oh, I could talk nineties NBA with my man over here all day. Well, we, we Trevor, I we, know. you talk nineties NBA without anybody. On I the know. Other end all day Usually, anyway. well, normally I'm talking to myself. Yeah, you did it. You like did it's just like my love into life. The show today, you just started going. I was like, well, there, there he goes, folks. I'm surprised you just didn't walk out a second ago. It's like I'm just gonna go to the car. I'll be back. <laughs> uh, anything else you'd like to ask Sean? Since you've been you've been dying for this meetup now. It's one even... of the reasons I came today. Hey, oh yeah, I got nervous that you were going to be the OG studio. Now, Sean, though, do, which you, I've do, been you, to. do you remember when I would hang? You, I know you don't. No, I do. You, I mean, I would be the, me and me and Howie Lindsay the only. Guy. I never had press credentials, by the way, for those games. <laughs> nobody. I, does. I just walked up there. No one said a word. Yeah, to nobody me. does. Uh, I can't remember who it was. They had the you were in the other room, but there was somebody that bring the uh, scoreboard and the yep. the young lady that played the music behind us for the the walk for the batters. Like we were the only ones ever there. I yeah, that was double what they were when I first got here. <laughs> yeah. I just remember that was later that offseason, the Oklahoma State game. I'm like ready to walk up there, and it's like packed. Like people were asking for it. I'm like, I just, what do you mean? I'm here all season, just walking up randomly. <laughs> well, we should ask Sean while we have him yes. here, since we have Damian Lee coming on at 4.30. Oh, He's going to do an hour with us on the, on the radio. He's excited about this. Your memories. I know that season, obviously, is a – when people talk about it, it's always in sort of a, a bitter fashion because of the way it ended. But Damian's still one of the – I say this even though he was a guy who played it for one season. One of my favorite cards of all time, just because of who he was off the court, uh, how nice he was, how approachable he was, how still nice and approachable he is. And also, he he kept the momentum going. Yeah, you know, we'd had the, that great run from 2012 through 2015, and if we don't get him from Drexel, and he's not as good as we hoped he was going to be, like that team's just a whatever you know eight nine seed range, and nobody feels bad about having the tournament taken away because he was first team All ACC good. Yeah. That team was they they could have made a run. 
Well, and I think, too, you, you forget how good Trey Lewis was. And, yeah. and it's interesting because it kind of started a run where, you know, Kristen Cunningham, Carleek Jones, like we really were blessed with some outstanding grad transfer guards in particular. And, yeah, Damien and, Damien and Trey were – to see just their excitement and enthusiasm to be playing – you always hate to label it as at that level when you're yeah. coming from Drexel because Drexel can go to the Final Four. Like, it can happen, but it is different. And just for them to, you know, you don't want to act like it was icing on an already great career, but that's kind of what it was, and that's what made it so heartbreaking that uh, that it didn't work out. And I remember Tom going to great lengths to try to honor them. You know, you can't retire their jersey. There's certain things you can't do. I think they presented them with the painting uh, that was done in real time for the guys, but – just a just a good spirit, just a good vibe. And I, I also remember when we had the Louis Awards, he uh, what what did the kids say? His fit was pretty clean. <laughs> Damien, Damien knew how to dress. That's so, how yeah. we that's how we say it. Charlie. Yeah, and I'm <laughs> I'm excited to see the success he's had. He certainly earned it. But yeah, it was it was such an odd such an odd dynamic as those years went on, and and the the transition of power in terms of the players and that to have two guys like that come in from two different places and to have the impact that they did. It was, it was just, it was always a good feeling. It was a, just a good, had a good feel to that season and good. Then those guys, everybody that was around them. And things worked out pretty well for him. Long time. He ended up, you know, marrying a Curry. I was going to say the Warriors. He's a world champion, got a new deal with the Suns. He's doing okay. He's, he is, he's earned every bit of it. Now the he cherry on top has. is coming on the Rutherford show. Now he's going on the Rutherford show. Now it's just like this, this is the, the whipped cream on top. I was going to say the last time. So the only other time we've done radio together, he coasted a show with me back on uh, 93.9. And this was like, I mean, he's in a totally different place. He had gotten a shot with the main Red Claws of the G League. Yeah. And he just like torn his, suffered a, a terrible injury for like, you know, the, he had so many injury problems coming into Louisville. It's why he didn't really, uh, you know, wasn't that well known. He had a couple of seasons at Drexel derailed. And he just had had, in his mind, like his pro dream shattered. Like he had played a couple of seasons for Maine and, or a couple of games for Maine and then was out. And he's like, what am I going to do next? What's going to happen? And to go from there to where he is now, world champion, new contract with the Suns. I feel like that radio show appearance kind of turned everything around. I feel like just just got him got him to where he is now. So, where can he go tomorrow? Who knows? I mean, this that's is, what's exciting. Or is, is he going to buy a lottery? He's going to send him back. Is he, it's just the bookend reinfected. I don't know. I, my, my mindset was like, what does this mean for me next? Like, where where am I going? Am I going to? It like, usually is where your mind. Is. Am I going to go like on uh, the Big Four Network here soon? Am I going to be? Taking Tony Reale's job? I could do that. That's what's going to happen. I can mute people. I feel good about it. All right, we have to take a break. Uh, Big thanks to Sean Moth, the Mothman, dropping in here uh, on a Tuesday. Tuesdays with the Mothman. We love it. we got Nick Curran coming up at 4.15. He said he'd never be on a show with me, too. I didn't say that. He said he hated me. You said that yourself. (laughs) You said that yourself. Damian Lee at 4.30. It's going to be a fun next hour here. Keep it locked right here on 1450 and 96.1, The Big X.
Back on I me. forgot to switch back to the other mic. We had Sean off and we were just too excited to get the studio back the way it was before he dropped yeah. in. I, I do love the, the last, I glanced at the text line during the break. <laughs> text just goes, the Mike Rutherford show, where we never have guests until we have all of them on the same day. <laughs> Throw them all at the same time. <laughs> Sean Moth impromptu drop in with gifts, including just his own presence. We got Nick Kern coming up here in about 10 minutes to talk a little bats, and then Damian Lee at 4.30. He'll be on for the remainder of the show to talk about all sorts of stuff. I mean, we had three guests in like the last three months. Only when you're gone, and I can't find anybody to co-host the show with me. Then I'm like, I'm calling everybody. Okay, but me being here. When's I mean, we've had Nick on. We've had Nick on, but I mean, usually when you're here, like, I, I, I've said this before, I don't like to do guests unless it's, like, huge, like, news at that time. Like, the, I mean, if we could get Kenny Payne on, we would have Kenny Payne on. But Kenny Payne's not coming on the show. Keep calling. He's not coming on any show. Keep um, calling. He keeps, he, keeps tell, he keeps telling me, uh, giving me the, he's like, call this number, and I call it, and it's like a tired discounters. Well, you're also, I mean, you're not calling anybody, so <laughs> I know that's a lie. Um, but, I don't know who to call now. <laughs> or if there's, like, a huge, like, if there's, like, a huge controversy, like, you know, we, I would love to get them on. But, I mean, Damien Lee, when they reach out and, like, you want Damien, I'm like, hell yeah, we'll have Damien Lee on. And then Sean drop again. We'll take Sean anytime we can get him. Uh, you, I mean, you're still starstruck. You're still. I am. Great. I was. You're also still a little bit upset that you weren't wearing the same shirt that he was wearing because you thought about wearing it that. It really shirt. does bug me. I mean, you have no idea. Cause, I mean, I, I mean, I had it like picked up to put it on, and it's how perfect would have been if I've been wearing it when he walked in here. It would been great. I, it would have been perfect. I mean, it would just been so great. And now I'm just like kicking myself. I'm like, how did I not put that shirt on today? Texture in all caps goes Sean Moth on the show with Trevor. Are we in the upside down? <laughs> the world's resetting itself. I think it was possible. Some people were like, are you the same person? I'm like, no. No, no, no. But that, that was uh, very, very cool. Uh, we've got to, real quickly, because we only have like eight minutes here. We I guess we'll curve. We'll, we'll put aside the Lamar Jackson conversation yet again. We, we, Poor we Lamar. We can't get, well, I mean, Lamar probably wants to let the, the less people, the fewer people talking about this, the better for Lamar. I think he's sick of hearing about it already. But. If, it, if it does make you want to like hold on to it for the tease, I, I do have an old man rant towards the the statement by the defensive coordinator. Well, which is kind of an old man statement himself. Oh, but I go older. This is the contest now. <laughs> like you, can get, you can get more. Who can go older? What can, what's the word? Uh, 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 I mean, if you don't know it, you're not going to find it. Ah, screw it. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> that was going in a very interesting place. I shouldn't have said anything. Well, I was going to try to say it, but I'm like, if I try to say it, I'm probably going to cuss. Sure. <laughs> Way. <laughs> uh, a little bit of recruiting news here on the, on the football front. I saw, it, this is not the news, but I saw that ESPN updated its rankings for the 2023 class. Louisville now has the number 17 overall class in the country. Still very good. Still top 25. Still top 20. Uh, I know math. But this weekend, <laughs> I know math. this weekend, we've got the 502 BBQ. You know, we talked about this. The 502 BBQ. Yeah, yeah. The latest big, great recruiting weekend for Louisville football. And everybody was all excited. TJ Capers, the number six overall player in the class, was planning on coming. Uh, the 2024 class, I should say, out of Miami. He now is no longer coming to the 502 BBQ. He has opted out of the BBQ. Not going to be queuing. Not going to be BBing. Not going to be in town. Do you hear rumors of the, of the balloon glow instead? I think that he's holding out until Derby Week. He wants to see the boat race. I need to honor the uh, weekend BBQ and get some, like, Martins and, like, places like that. Yeah. So TJ Capers not going to be here, but we're still going to have, among other prospects in town this weekend five-star edge mateo uyunglele mm-hmm. dj's a brother which should be an easy get because he's a he's a bosco guy and his dad hates clemson his dad hates clemson loves Louisville. we need dj to have another bad season this year not just for our own purposes because we don't like clemson we want to beat them but to land his brother 
I feel like we need we need there to be a rift between the Uwe Ungalales and the Dabos. Oh yeah. So that needs to happen. We're rooting for. I'm sure he's a nice young man. He seemed very nice on QB one. I'm rooting for him to have a terrible season. We've got five star safety Peyton Woodyard who's coming in town. We've got four star linebacker Stanquan Clark. We've got four star linebacker Leviticus Sua. We've got four star line four star cornerback Marcellus Williams and another four star linebacker Kingston Villamu Asa. I don't know how to pronounce that last name. First, but. first of all, props on the name read off right there. That was that was not easy. It's a lot. From start to finish, those are some those are some tough names you're nailing. You over can tell here. we're going California. Yeah, I mean, you, <laughs> you got the little Samoan blood going. I on. mean, you imagine me trying to read that out. I mean, I would just. <laughs> we're my friends and I've talked about this for a long time. You know, American Samoa has it's not a very large place, not a large population, and they send a inordinate amount percentage of their citizens to the NFL. Like Samoans are just or to the WWE killing it. Like we and now we have Jermaine Lole transferring it from Arizona State. We already have, and I loved his first reaction the day, I think it was the day when you were off, I had Keith in at the OG studio, and his first response was, somebody needs to hook me up with a Peyton Siva jersey, because Peyton Siva is part Samoan. Yeah. And, like, like we've, we got an in. We, we, this is the new pipeline. We've got American Samoas. I feel very, very good about this. They killed in football. We need more of them. We need to get beefier in the defensive line. That's a way to make it happen. And plus, it's treated us already very, very well in the basketball front. So that's the 502 BBQ going on this weekend. Pierce Clarkson also planning on coming back in town uh, soon. He's going to be bringing some friends. That that's going to be exciting. I mean, I'm thinking they got dropped because there's wasn't enough room for him. Yeah, we don't we don't want the number six overall player. <laughs> well, maybe we should have dropped somebody else. <laughs> Go to Bama. That's fine. Don't worry about it. Uh, Texture says, "Did you win Masters tickets or have you had your heart broken again? I my had my heart broken again. <laughs> did was did was a drawing recently? Yeah, this is a lottery." This is the first year, though. I mean, the Masters not until April. Why are they doing a drawing now? You got to make travel plans. They do the ticket lottery. Okay, that seems like I mean that's a long time to get ready. Hotels fill up fast, but and probably not a lot of hotels in the area anyway. The last few years, because I always do the lottery, I've never won. But the last few years, I've had like multiple friends who've won at least practice round tickets, and I feel like I'm the only person who's not going to get to go. And this is the first <laughs> time where everybody I know has gotten the rejection letter. They've got the rejection email, but like they started sending them out last Wednesday. And my buddies, got, like a couple of them got it on Wednesday, a couple of them got it on Thursday. I'm like, oh boy. I'm like, the longer this goes, the better I feel about my chances. Like, like that's the way this has to work, right? I'm only seeing rejection letters. And then, sure enough, like Friday night, I get mine. I mean, if someone wins it, can they sell it? I mean, I guess you can. Like, could you, like, if you didn't actually win it, like the lottery winning it, could you actually, could you just buy it off somebody, like a scalper like way? They don't, they, scalping, I think, with these is, is pretty hard. But I mean, I'm assuming it'd be expensive. Like, what, expensive what 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 would a round of like practice like that you're trying to win? What would you think that would go for on like the secondary? A lot. I mean, a lot like a thousand. I mean, just I, give me a round. I, I don't, I've got no idea. I've never won, so I've never explored. You never even looked into buying one. No, or? because I know that it's outrageous if you don't have like tickets. Like you just you can't. I'm just curious if you can even do it because I know like you can't like resell like Comic Con tickets and stuff like that. I don't think you can. Like I don't think yeah. legally you can. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. I, that's why I didn't think you could, but I was just wondering. It's the master. I mean, they don't let you like shout like. Anything like they have like banned words at Augusta National. I'm sure they it's don't like let you resell like man running the thing. Exactly. That's what I said yesterday. I'm like, this sounds like Augusta National. Um, Texas, can you ask Damien how he thinks? Yeah, well, I can ask him that question. How he thinks this tourney would have gone had he? Oh no, this is the UK fan is mad. Okay, what's this not? I like how you, that was a roller coaster of a question. You're like, you can ask Damien. Oh, I'll ask him something. Well, originally I thought the question was was good natured, and I was like, yeah, that, that's that's on, but no, it was not. Not shockingly. Uh, so we'll have Damian Lee on at 4.30. We'll have Nick Curran coming up at... Uh, at I'm going to call him here in two, sex, two seconds. Two seconds? I was going to say two shakes of a dead cow's tail. 
Um, so that's something my grandma used to say all the time. I still use. Mark Andrews, by the way, was just asked about the anonymous quote. We still keep. So we haven't actually read the quote. Basically, like, basically, a defensive coordinator came out and said, "Mark Jackson can win twelve MVPs. I don't care. He's not a tier one quarterback." Was was the quote? Like he, if you have to, if he's in a game where he has to drop back and pass, he's not going to win that game. And I mean, is he just saying he's never going to win a championship? Is that what he's saying? I think he was just like he basically was saying if any sort of game where he has to become a drop back quarterback, a drop back passer, he's not going to win. And he's just ne- he's never going to be that type of guy. So that to me means he's never going to be a tier one quarterback. Which well, I find I think that's asinine. And so I mean, if you want to say he's not going to be on a certain tier because he's never going to win a title, I mean that's I, I, okay. That's I mean, fine. It's hard to win a title. I mean, Dan Marino has been is lost in purgatory of that tier. I mean, there's other people who are going to be lost. I mean, Jim Kelly. You know, Fran Tarkenton, I mean, et cetera, et cetera, that have been, you know, they're going to have that are considered great quarterbacks, but just couldn't get a championship. But I mean, in the, in the MVPs, I don't care. But if you, that's all you want to say is you don't think he's going to be because he can't win a title, then that's fine. But don't, don't say, if you win 12 MVPs, title or not, you're, you're in a top tier. Yeah. I mean, Dan Marino didn't win 12 MVPs. He won, I think, two, if not one. And he didn't win a title, and he's still a top-tier quarterback. I'm just looking at my email. This guest list is just filling up. Do you want to get Justin Thomas on the show next week? Can we really? We can make that happen. I wonder if he's still mad at TJ for not letting him cut line at St. X. He just, like, brags about it. He's like, yeah, I wouldn't let Justin Thomas cut in front of me. Well, <laughs> like, it's I, I mean, I'm with him there. It's high school. Who cares? <laughs> I'm saying, well, all right, I better call Nick. We'll call Nick. We're going to talk a little bit about baseball here in a second. But Mark Andrews caught wind of the – the quote from The Athletic, uh, this is from Jameson Hensley, the, the Baltimore Sun beat writer, ESPN now, Ravens beat writer. He says, uh, Ravens tight end Mark Andrews was asked about the anonymous defensive coordinator who told The Athletic that Baltimore won't win if Lamar Jackson has to throw to win the game. Andrews said, quote, we'll see whoever that was. I like it. It's a defensive coordinator. You assume it's somebody you faced before. Was, you, Light him up. Before I make, uh, you have almost said to think it's a coordinator who's just bitter because Anderson, I mean, Baltimore probably beat the crap out of him. Probably. That sounds that sounds like something a bitter, somebody bitter that would say that feels like they didn't deserve to lose that way and felt like they just I don't know for whatever reason they didn't they shouldn't have lost and yeah they got their butt kicked and while you get Nick on on the phone I'll go, I'll read the exact quote because we keep just talking about the quote without actually reading it uh, this was the def- anonymous defensive coordinator after a couple of coordinators had been quoted giving pretty solid praise to Lamar this one said quote if he has to pass to win the game they ain't winning the game. He's so unique as an athlete, and he's a really a good football player, but I don't care if he wins the league MVP 12 times. I don't think he'll ever be a one a first tier as a quarterback. He'll be a one as a football player, but not as a quarterback. So many games come down to two-minute, and that is why they have a hard time advancing even when they are good on defense. Playoffs are tight. You have to be able to throw the ball, and he's just so inconsistent throwing the ball. It is hit or miss. It's the same type of criticism we've seen, even though I, I, the playoff thing is what it is. There's no defending that. Lamar's got to be better in the playoffs, but the – in two-minute drills and last-second games, like statistically, he's been better than Patrick Mahomes in those situations. And Mahomes is, is seen as this god of football that is the the two-minute wizard. Like the, that stats out there, so you can't just say that. If you want to bring up the postseason stuff, that's fine, but you can't just say oh, in a two-minute drill that's why they suck. Like that's not accurate. They've been great at playing from behind. They've been great in last-minute situations, and Lamar's been pretty good throwing the ball in those situations as well. We have yeah. Nick ready. Not to mention they've lost every freaking running back off last year's team. Man, they need a wide receiver too. Like that's. I'm, uh, they're hoping the Bateman kid that was a first-round pick from Minnesota is going to develop. Well, they were hoping Hollywood Brown was going to develop, too. He was know, yeah, know. a lot of drops there. Uh, we've got him on the, <laughs> the line here. It's Bass Baseball. They're back in action tonight. That means you can hear them at 7.05 right here. First pitch, 6.35. The coverage starts right here on 1450 The Big X. It's Nick Curran. Follow him on Twitter, at Nick Curran 35. You know the voice. You love the voice. 
Nick, welcome back to the Mike Rutherford Show. How are you, my man? Doing well. How are you? We're doing well. We had uh, I got to start with this because we had Sean Moth with an impromptu drop in a second ago, and he said to ask you if he's the best color man that you've ever worked with. Yeah. <laughs> I would think so. <laughs> he said he said he did color with you one time uh, for a volleyball game, and uh, he yeah. he he felt like he was a little bit awkward doing it, but he just wanted to to give you crap and say, yeah, yeah I'm the best color person you've ever worked with. Much more awkward for me uh, because he uh, much more knowledgeable about the University of Louisville volleyball team than I am. Uh, so I was definitely trying to fake my way through that, and <laughs> he, uh, he carried us through. So that's that was great. Well, we had a little bit of a little bit of time off. You know, the bats were off for a little bit of time during the All Star break. Now they're back at it. They've been back at it for a while. But uh, what was the was there any Nick Kern wind out time? You, I mean, you work three sixty five, man. You're you're always on. You're always the voice is always going. Did you have any sort of time to kick your feet up and just do a, have a little Nick time? Yeah, it was um, it was good. Um, a couple of days getting a little bit of work done, but but outside of that, we. Uh, Got a little bit of golf in. That was nice, nice. and and uh, a little bit of time with with uh, with the daughter. She's she's growing quickly, so it was nice to be able to to hang out with her a little bit. And and uh, yeah, just uh, that's very nice. Our hitting coach is on the field with his driver, about to start taking some swings. It looks like okay. Um, so this is uh, this is interesting. I haven't seen this before. This is a new this is a new thing. Testing out maybe a new driver down on the field interesting okay i, I kind of yeah. i feel like i need a visual here i kind of want to see what's going on but uh for the fan for the people listening at home i know we've had a decent amount of rain today it sounds like we're going to be good to go for tonight's game though correct oh yeah definitely uh definitely good to go for tonight it looks like the rain has basically moved out uh until later tonight well after the game so i think we'll be good for an on-time start 705 uh, field looking good. Todd Schaefer and his grounds crew have this place looking really nice. So uh, dollar menu night tonight and uh, a special thing with uh, with Humana and the Louisville Sports Commission tonight as well. Um, playing it forward night, fans can bring a gently used piece of uh, baseball or softball equipment. Uh, if they do and donate it, they'll receive a voucher for a free hot dog, a small popcorn, and a Pepsi. So kind of a cool uh, deal there. And um, those will be donated to 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 some less fortunate folks in the community for uh, aiding them to play to play baseball or softball, and pretty cool, uh, pretty cool initiative tonight. Very nice. I love hearing that. One of the things this week that I'm really excited about is I think it's they're calling it Bro Tank Night, where if you uh-huh. if you bust out a tank top, you're going to get discounted tickets. I, I think this is correct me if I'm wrong. I believe this is Thursday. Is this is this when this is yep, happening? It is. Of course, it's Thursday. That's right. Uh, it <laughs> it'll be uh, along. With two dollar beer night and uh, yeah, seven dollar tickets at the window if you're wearing a tank top. If you come out on on Thursday, so um, great opportunity to come out, get a discounted ticket, enjoy the summer, and uh, enjoy the two dollar beers. It'll also be a Copa night here, so the bats will be wearing their uh, their Murcielagos uniforms, which are always a big hit and. Uh, an all-around cool night on Thursday, bro tank night. I think it's the first we've ever done. Bro tank night, I love it. Uh, we had a Trevor and I were actually talking about this at the beginning of the show a couple of nights ago. The uh, Isaiah, is it Gilliam? The the 477 mm-hmm. foot home run. Uh, my God, like I saw the video, I was shocked that it was just the sixth longest home run in Slugger Field history. I feel like I know we always talk about the Adam Dunn, the scoreboard bomb, but it feels like that should have been much closer to, to first because I've never seen a ball hit that far inside that building. That was a absolute blast. 
Yeah, I think that it was among the furthest I've seen hit uh, here, too. I don't know that I've seen one. Adam Duvall hit one a couple of years ago with Gwinnett. That was pretty far. But um, I will say this. Back in the early years of tracking the home run distances, uh, it was a a little less scientific. Uh, Now we've got the TrackMan data, and it pretty much tells you exactly how far it it traveled um, with with the technology. Uh, Back then, there is a, a chart that I'm looking at right here in the booth that we still have up that our um, that our scorer would have in there as well and sort of estimate it based on where it landed with the various distances, almost like a yardage book for a for a caddy uh, in a golf tournament. So um, not to not to uh, impugn any of the the scorers' efforts at, at judging the distances on home <laughs> runs, uh, but but I think. Uh, there is a chance that some of them are, you know, kind of give or take a few feet uh, because it wasn't necessarily a, a, a nailed down thing. So um, that 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 was definitely the furthest. Well, uh, among the furthest, Adam Duvall's measured by TrackMan a few years ago was was a bomb, but but last night was too. And you don't many you don't see many hit it like that to to right field here. I think it was probably past where the bleachers would have been. Uh, when the bleachers were here, if folks can uh, sort of visualize that, it was it was it was a pretty uh, a pretty amazing swing. So we've got tonight again 705 first pitch right here on 1450 Columbus in town for the first of a, a six game series. Uh, we mentioned we've got Bro Tank night on Thursday. It's also Copa night this weekend. I believe we got some fireworks going. Uh, what else do we have going on at the ballpark for these next six days that fans are are going to be excited about? Yeah, fireworks Friday and Saturday, which is uh, which is big. Um, Margarita Madness Friday night, $5 margaritas available, which is uh, always a hit also. Saturday is uh, is SpongeBob night here. Uh, SpongeBob will be here. The Bats will be playing in SpongeBob jerseys, so that'll be a, a big part of the weekend. And then those jerseys will be auctioned off next week as well for uh, for charity. And um, those are the two kind of jewels of the weekend, Friday and Saturday, fireworks after both. Sunday is always... Uh, a 105 first pitch with kids eat free and kids run the bases post game. Uh, tomorrow night it is wine slushy Wednesday. If you'd like to come out, five dollar wine slushies and uh, and half price tickets for for seniors 55 and older uh, can get half price tickets tomorrow night as well. So uh, something for everybody throughout the week and uh, and the kiddos can be out on Saturday for for SpongeBob night with fireworks afterwards. It's perfect. It's the last chance uh, bats are on the road for two straight weeks after this, so it's the last week to get out here before uh, before school starts back. Hard to believe, but yeah. uh, but the next time the bats are in town, school will be uh, will be cranking back up. And, and the bats, let's be real, two in a row. We're we're feeling kind of hot. We're feeling good. We won in the Iron Man jersey. Who was the who was the bat who was the most excited about wearing the Iron Man jerseys on Saturday? I don't know. I didn't get a great feel for who was super excited about wearing the Iron Man jersey. Um, I think they're probably excited that they wanted them, um, but but I did not I did not get a great feel for for who was most excited about it. Um, yeah, that, that's a good question. I do know that uh, that our hitting coach, who uh, as mentioned, is swinging a driver with evidently some uh, some practice balls, like the wiffle ball golf balls down on the field, uh, as it turns out, he is from he lives in San Diego. Uh, so he flew out to San Diego for the All-Star break to go home, and and I don't know 
uh, folks listening may be aware, but the giant like Comic Con out in San Diego every year was going on as he was out there. So he was talking about all the uh, the great sights he was able to see at the airport, going to and from uh, home when uh, when heading to the All Star break and then coming back from it uh, back here to Louisville. So a lot of a lot of folks dressed in character throughout the city and then in the airport, uh, and so uh, he felt it was appropriate that, that we'd be wearing Iron Man jerseys uh, in one of the games when he got back to town after after experiencing the Comic-Con. I love it. I, I, the jerseys were cool. I enjoyed seeing them. I, I love the, all the themes. And it's always better when it ends in a W. Again, Bats have won two straight. Columbus comes to town tonight for the first of six games. Hopefully we can make it three straight tonight. 7.05 first pitch, 6.35 the coverage starts, and you'll hear our man Nick Curran, uh, as always, right here on 1450 The Big X. Nick, appreciate the time as always, and we'll see you at the ballpark. We'll see you there. Thanks, Mike. Appreciate it. All right. Nick Curran, he's the best. We love him. Follow him on Twitter, at Nick Curran 35 He'll be on the call for all the bats action. Um, no longer being pestered by Trevor Kelsey throughout every half inning. Friday, I did that game with him. And I That's right. If, I don't know if he was expecting me to be there. He's like, oh, like he logs audible in. groan. He, he, he connected in. They're like, we got three or four minutes before the broadcast. He's like, hello, hello. I just come in like a like a like hey, a, like, hey Nick, what's up, buddy? Coincidentally, the only game that they lost in that series was Friday, was Friday night, the game where you were on the board. Uh, we spent most of the innings discussing the uh, Pauly Shore versus Tom Green debate. Oh, carried over into the back. Yeah, carried over. He went with Tom Green because he's more of the age group as well. But then we had the you know the road trip versus son in law debate and everything. Sure. That was that was pretty much most of our between innings uh, chatter. That's the way it works. Uh, again. We have Bats versus Columbus night, 7.05. It's actually 7.05 the next five nights, and then Sunday they'll play at 1 o'clock. You'll be able to hear every game right here on 1450 The Big X, 6.35. The coverage will start 7.05, the first pitch. I forget Columbus still isn't the Yankees anymore. Who are they? I don't know, but they're not the Yankees. The Yankees are, are like – Guardians? Yeah, uh, maybe. I think that sounds like – Like, I just – growing right. up, I guess I guess that's probably someone probably thinks the thing about Louisville not being with the – Makes sense with the Clippers and Yankee Clippers. Yeah, yeah, and I was just, I don't know, I guess just because for the longest time I was just associated with Columbus with, I looked it up recently and they are no longer with them. They're the Guardians, yeah. yeah. They're the AAA. Which that does make more sense. Makes more sense. Yeah. I mean, I mean it was made them way more sense than like us. Remember we were the Expos for a little bit? Uh, well, no, we weren't the Expos. We were the Brewers. We, we were the Brewers for a little bit. We were the Expos for a couple of years. I think it may have just been one season. It made no Whoa, sense. Whoa, wait a minute. Yes. What? I swear. Are you sure? Positive. Positive. Was it this had to be between Redbirds and and Riverbat stuff, right? I I feel like it was Redbirds because I mean the Expos were because when we came in, when we came back in eighty two we were automatically with St Louis. Yes, and then we I mean we were St Louis until what ninety seven ninety ninety eight, and I thought we were only the two years with the Brewers, and then we went right to the Reds. I don't know where to look it up, but there was at least one year where we were the Expos. What well, should be just on the wiki page, wouldn't it? I don't know. If, do the Bats even have a Wikipedia? Yes, the come on. Seriously? I mean, I don't know. Yes, the Bats have a wiki. Well, we got to go to break. We have Damian Lee coming up anyway. Maybe, maybe I just made it up. I swear we were the Expos. <laughs> I think you did. Yeah, you did. I think you did. I swear. Maybe, I mean, I'm looking maybe at, I'm thinking of the Brewers year. Maybe that's what it was. The Brewers were 98, 99, we were and the Reds 2000 to present. Yeah, we've never been with the Expos. And now, now, unless you're thinking, 
like pre eighty two Louisville Triple A, but that mean the Expos weren't even. Yeah, no, I was thinking like the Expos one didn't year even became like a team until like the sixty. I think they were like sixty seven, sixty five. Yeah, who maybe. knows? I'm wrong. Uh, let's go to break. We have Damian Lee. Up. We get we make him. I told him four thirty, so we gotta get get, get going. Oh yeah, we can't make him wait too long. Can't right? make him wait too long. <laughs> we'll have Damian Lee on. We'll call him. We'll get him on the phone. God, I hope this works. We'll <laughs> figure out if this is gonna work, <laughs> and hopefully we'll be able to have him on for a full hour. Uh, that's on the way next here. It's a loaded Tuesday of the Mike Rutherford Show right here on fourteen fifty and ninety six one The Big X. Well, it's got me back in prison once again. I used my only phone call to contact my daddy. Got 20 long years for some dust in the bag. anything as much as you love Paul Abdul. I've heard more Paul Abdul on this show with rejoins in the last year than I've heard in the last 35 years of my life. Twice in concert. Unbelievable. Both times she was the opening band, color me bad. Unbelievable. Oh, yeah, baby. I don't even know what to say. <laughs> Welcome back in. Uh, Mike Rutherford Show, th- Tuesday edition here. Uh, we're excited to have Damian Lee on the line. We're going to talk to him in just a second. If you want to have questions for Damian for the next hour or so, hit us up on the Thornton Sex Line at 502-414-1450. But as promised, very excited about this. He's a recent world champion, former Cardinal great. We love this man. We've talked glowingly about him on the show numerous times, and now we've got him on the air. Uh, Damian Lee, welcome into the Mike Rutherford Show. How are you, my man? What's up, brother? Uh, I'm doing great, man. Just, uh, you know, enjoying a little bit of this uh, last little bit of vacation, you know, about to get ready back to work. Now, I was saying this before we had you on. The last time you and I did radio together, this was, I want to say it was like 2017. And you'd been playing for for Maine the year before. You'd had an injury; had cut the season short. You kind of you you were unsure about your professional outlook. You know, since then you you go to Golden State, you win a world championship, you become an NBA regular, you have a new contract with the Suns. I feel like that radio show just turned around everything for you. That that was the (laughs) that was the catalyst to where you are now. Can you confirm my my hunch there? Yeah, most definitely. Well, we're happy to have you on. I know you got a golf tournament coming up here. So before we get into the 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 winning a world championship stuff, the stuff with the Suns, I, I wanted to ask you about the Damian Lee Foundation because that wasn't something we could talk about the last time we were on the radio together. Uh, how did this come about? Um, what have you guys been up to? How, how is this working? And then we'll talk a little bit about this golf tournament coming up next uh, next month. Yeah. So, um, uh, you know, it's the Leeway Foundation, uh, founded by my myself and my mom. Um, actually, in 2017, during that year when I was in Louisville rehabbing, um, you know, and it, it's 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 quite ironic how you know things come full circle. Uh, when my mom was younger, she always wanted to start up a nonprofit, but you know, she you know went to college, she went to the army, um, she was overseas, and then you know ended up having me. So you know, her life course kind of changed a little bit. So. Um, you know, most of her focus and attention was was to raising me. And then, you know, I obviously have had the, you know, success that, you know, I've had in my career and in my life. And, you know, being able to start up a nonprofit and knowing that, you know, obviously just wanted to give back and 
help the youth is something that I'm very passionate about. And that's something that my mom's been passionate about for, you know, as long as she can remember. So, um, you know, with that, it's, that was really the, the, the spearhead of what, you know, started this whole, uh, you know, the leeway foundation for us. But, um, you know, we've, we've done numerous amount of things. We've done give backs. We've done Thanksgiving drives, uh, Christmas drives, mental health symposiums, mental health seminars with, um, you know, Grace James Academy in, in, in Louisville. That's, that's the main school that we've been partnered with. You know, they started a couple of years ago. Um, all girls school, they're, you know, expanding. We've, we've, you know, invested over $25,000 to that school, um, alone. We've paid for light bills in Baltimore. Um, so, you know, just, just doing a lot of things like that. And then obviously being invested in, you know, the communities that I, that I've played in. So we've done many things in, uh, you know, San Francisco and in Oakland as well. But, you know, main thing is just trying to give back to the places that, you know, hold a special place in my heart. You guys have a website for anybody interested who wants to hear more, to, to read more, the leewayfoundation.com, L-E-E-W-A-Y foundation.com. Uh, and as I mentioned, you guys in town at the UofL Golf Club for a golf scramble on August 8th. Uh, how did this come about? And then can folks, can they register? Can they get involved? Uh, how is this going to work for these next couple of weeks? Yeah, so um, we actually were supposed to have it uh, in July of 2020, but, you know, similar to everyone else, the whole world shut yeah. down, so... Um, you know, we, we kind of had to redo the framework on that. Um, and then we just, we just felt like that this was a perfect time and not saying it was a perfect time because we won a championship, but you know, just the <laughs> perfect time to actually, you know, get things going, um, you know, get the, get the inaugural golf, you know, scramble going. And then obviously this is something that we look forward to having for, for years to come. And for people to sign up, you go to our website, the leeway foundation, as soon as you, um, go onto the website, you type it in, like a pop-up page comes up for a link for you to register. Um, we've also partnered with the Omni Hotel for rooms um, for people that are coming from out of town. But, you know, the, reg the registration is right there. Um, you know, if you want, you can buy, you know, a single. For two people, uh, you, you can purchase a whole foursome. Um, it'll be an amazing event. We have a lot of sponsors um, that are helping us out. Um, which I'll get the name and off as well. And then, uh, you know, we also have uh, auction, auctioned items that we're going to auction off and then items that we're also going to roll off. So, um, you know, I'll get the name in those a little bit later, but just wanted to, you know, sort of give a brief overview. And I got to ask, because I know your, your bro-in-law, Steph Curry, is like a scratch golfer. How's the golf game, Damien? Are you ready to try to win this thing? I mean, yeah, that's the plan. <laughs> you know, it's to I like win. The you know, I, I got some... I got, I got some friends, uh, you know, that are that are going to be coming in town. Some celebrities and entertainers that you know plan on uh, being in attendance. So, you know, I may, you know, you didn't you didn't hear this from me, but you know, I heard that you got to try to stack the team, you know, the right way. Mm. Uh, Hmm. So I may be, you know, looking forward to that. Oh, oh, <laughs> I, I like hearing that. Um, I, I've got to ask about this now because it's it's been. I guess a little bit over a month now since the, you know, you and the Warriors, they lock up the world championship and it's still, it's still fresh in your mind. And it's rare that you have a chance to ask somebody a question like this, but you know, for somebody who, I mean, you, you have just won a world championship at the highest possible level in professional sports. We're all watching from home. We're watching you on the court. We're watching you um, on the stage celebrating. 
Is there any way that you can accurately describe what that feels like? Or is it all just kind of a blur? You've had like at least a couple of weeks to kind of ruminate on it and to remember and to, to think about it. Like, like, What is that feeling like? Is there any way to describe it? Uh, No. I mean, it's it's, it's crazy because like, even when we got to the parade, I'm like asking the guys on the, on the float, I'm like, is this how it was at Oakland? And everyone's like, no, like mm. this was better. And I'm like, how can it be better? Like, this is your fourth championship. Like, like how is this one better? And they're just like the journey, just the journey that it took, um, you know, for us, you know, in the beginning of the year being counted out, we started off 18 and two and it was like, ah, they're not that good. And then, you know, we, we never had our full team uh, until the first game of the playoffs. So even just thinking of like that perspective going into, you know, the celebrations and everything, but the first three weeks after winning were a complete blur. Like I, I don't think I could really fully explain like the emotions, how it felt, like what we did, like when we partied, we hung out. I mean, even from winning the championship game six in Boston until the parade, there was four days in between. I probably got 14 hours of sleep. <laughs> And it was just up and partying and flying back to the Bay, partying. We went to Vegas for a night for like 15 hours, came back, partied there, and then had the parade. And it was like, you know, kind of that kind of that championship high. But, you know, when you win your first championship, there's really no full expectation. You kind of just go with the flow. And for you, I mean, you talked about how it was such an unexpected championship for you guys, for that team, and nobody thought you were going to do it. For you personally, I mean – you go back to you had dealt with injuries before your professional career. You had dealt with injuries before you got to Louisville. And I was talking about you and I talking the last time we did radio together, you had had your, your first pro season cut short by injury and you kind of, you weren't sure how things were going to go. It was a very uncertain future. You were undrafted coming out of college. You go from all of those places to the pinnacle of the sport and now signing a new contract and becoming a mainstay in the NBA. Have you had a chance to sort of reflect personally on that journey and just how, you know, how special it is for you to go from where you were to where you are right now. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, that's, it's, it's amazing. Like that's my testimony, right? Like through all these hardships and those trials and even, you know, leaving Drexel and going to Louisville and thinking, okay, we have the opportunity to be a really good team. And not only that, we have the opportunity to play an NCAA tournament and even that being cut short and mm -hmm. everything that, you know, surrounds that with the injuries. And it was like, okay, I'm taking two steps forward. All right, now I'm taking three steps back. And just, like, trying to understand, like, why, why, why? And then literally after the buzzer went off, like, it was just tears of joy. Like, the first person I saw was my wife, my son, and then my mom. And, like, we all were just, like, huddled up and crying and just enjoying the moment. And it's just like, wow, like, can you believe after everything, not being ranked, being counted out, the injuries, you're not good enough, you're not this, you're not that. And it's like, you know, I played a part on a championship team and we'll have that, you know, for the rest of my life. And no one can ever take that away. And so few people have that that type of experience. I know there's some guys in the league that get to your your level who have similar backstories, but most of the guys on your team, you know, well-regarded in college, went to bigger schools, got drafted, you know, have been sort of told their whole lives that they're the greatest thing since sliced bread. Do you feel like that puts you in a unique position that maybe you don't appreciate championships like that more, but you appreciate them differently than maybe people who've kind of expected this their entire lives? Uh, yeah, but I mean, I definitely, I, I definitely appreciate this one 
probably, I mean, this, like, winning this was easily one of the top five days of my life, obviously, excluding being born, marriage, son being born, graduating college. It's like, this easily goes in that top five of, like, what, like, can you believe that everything that we've ever been through, like, all, you know, just everything and just reaching that pinnacle, it, it's, it's unreal, but it, like, gives me that hunger that like damn now i want more like i don't just want to end my career with just one championship like okay what does two feel like you know and and i'm asking all of our vets you know what does it feel like to have four and they're like well you know the first one's the hardest but then it gets even harder after that if that makes sense because now instead of you chasing up the mountaintop everyone else is chasing you and this for you personally also steph curry is family for you and for him to be yeah. The MVP, I know you guys talked about, you, you heard the noise, all that chatter, all that that nonsense. I'm sure that also made it a little bit special for you and your family as well to, to have him play the way that he did in this finals and really the entire playoffs. Yeah, yeah, really. I mean, even, I mean, yeah, just like you said, like the, the entire playoffs, him coming off injury. And this is one thing that, like, people don't really understand about him is how selfless he is, not just as a person, but even on the basketball court. Like, he does anything is conducive to winning and that first series versus Denver him coming off the bench like you have a top five player of all time choosing to come off the bench knowing he's on a minute restriction and feels that that's going to be what's best to help the team like that stuff like, he's probably the only person in the world that, that that I think would do that and that's that's just the person he is but going from there and then continuing his run you know the next couple of play- next couple of playoff series and you know that that uh that game four in Boston where it was kind of like that FU moment where you know <laughs> early in the game he kind of you know starts to get going and then he just goes towards the crowd and just starts hyping himself up and it's like he knows that all of us uh no matter what and that was probably the dopest thing and you know knowing that he was going to play well um I don't think it mattered much if he got finals MVP, you know, those first couple of years, but knowing, you know, for, for him, like it was without a shadow of a doubt, he was the best player, you know, the entire playoffs. So, I mean, obviously you've got, he is, he's family and you've got the Warriors, the franchise that gave you a chance that, that kept you in the NBA uh, and made yeah. you a consistent NBA player. With that being the case, you've now, you've signed a deal with the Phoenix Suns for a season how hard is that decision to, to leave behind, you know, literal family and that organization to, to take a shot with a new organization and carve your own path there in Phoenix? Yeah, for sure. I mean, it, it was, it was definitely a tough decision. Um, but you know, you, you, you know, you kind of have to, you know, take a step outside of, you know, yourself if, you know, you feel like that you're ready for those, for those moments. And, you know, I feel like that I am. And I, you know, thank the Warriors organization and, you know, the players, uh, you know, the entire staff through and through, you know, helping me for, you know, these past four years, um, you know, and dedicating their time for me to become, you know, a mainstay in the NBA. But really just excited for this for this Phoenix move. I mean, you know, we got two potential, I mean, two potential, but two future Hall of Fame guys with, you know, CP and Book and, you know, just trying to learn from them. And then obviously Monty Williams, great coach, uh, James Jones, Robert Sarver, you know, the whole, you know, front office from, you know, top to bottom, just trying to, you know, learn from those guys and see what they do. I feel like my game really fits in well with how they play. Um, play similar to Golden State with, like, pace, space, .5 basketball. And, you know, just excited to bring, you know, 
what I can do and my talent there to Phoenix and, you know, see how far this thing could go. But, um, you know, really excited for the opportunity in Phoenix. I feel like, I feel like it's going to be a really good, you know, complete my game and, you know, continue to show growth. Are you ready for the Louisville-Kentucky rivalry talk with Devin Booker? Are you prepared? Do you have the smack talk ready to go? Someone else asked me that the other day. It's like, I know I know there's going to be a friendly wager just because, um, you know, Louisville, Kentucky. But, uh, you know, I also know, know what my means are. I know what we both just signed for, and, and I'm not counting pockets. Uh, but, you know, it'll. I'm pretty sure a book will be nice with a friendly wager. There you go. Uh, you mentioned, you know, you feel like, what was the Suns pitch when they're talking to you? about You say your style fits in with what they try to do. It's similar to what the Warriors did. Was that kind of the, the selling point for them when it comes to getting you to sign the deal with uh, with Phoenix? Yeah, I mean, it was, you know, I, it was the second day of free agency. And, uh, you know, my agent called me and was basically like, you know, the team is interested in you and, you know, their head coach wants to call you. Like, is this something that you're up to? And I'm like, sure, you know, like, this is my first time going through free agency. So I never knew what to expect. Like, do the teams call? Do your agents call? Does the front office call? Like, how does it all work? So, um, you know, I got on the phone and it was like, hey, uh, you know, this is Coach Williams from, you know, Phoenix. And then he basically just, you know, gave the – and it wasn't even like a pitch. It was more just like, you know, we respect you for what you do. Obviously, you want a championship, championship caliber player. Um high IQ, know how to play the game, and, you know, we would love to partner with you, you know, going forward. And that was something that was really excited because, you know, when you're going through the whole process, it's like you want to feel wanted and not just like a team, you know, just like, hey, you know, we're interested in you because I've heard that, you know, before when I was, you know, in the G League and looking at getting call-ups. It's like, yeah, there's interest, but, you know, do you want interest? Do you want to be wanted or do you want to be needed? So, for me, it was just a matter of finding, you know, whatever that balance was and um, being excited for a new opportunity. And, you know, like I said, just excited to learn from those guys. I mean, they were just in the finals last year, right? So, mm-hmm. um, you know, taking whatever experience I have and just trying to, you know, bring it to them and, uh, you know, hopefully we can, you know, get back. Do you feel like it's a, a different opportunity to, to prove yourself? Because, you know, there were people who would say, well, he's – He's on the team. He's playing with Steph, and they brought him in, and it's a family thing. And now you're out uh, away from from that area, away from the Warriors. It's a it's a fresh start. There's none of that talk anymore. It, it presents. It seems exactly. it seems to present a different opportunity for you. Yeah, which is also another thing. It's like you know, there's there's the the people that don't really know, uh, you know, sports. You know, sort of give those lazy talks, mm-hmm. like or the lazy talking points, like oh brother-in-law, oh this that. But it's like, and I'm not someone that. You know, I'm not cocky. I'm not like I don't talk about myself. But you know, the, the things that I've you know done in my career leading up to this point are, have you know proven more of my uh, basketball knowledge and my worth to be on the court rather than um, you know being uh, labeled as a brother-in-law. So, I mean, my last year at Drexel before going to Louisville, I was the fourth leading scorer in the nation. So that kind of um, you know, you don't you don't do that by just you know being a brother-in-law or right. just being out there. I, I do want to ask because following you on social media, you had you and your, your wife had a son pretty close to when my yep. son was born. I know you had a similar journey yeah. as my wife and I did. And I think the only thing, time that I see you happier 
then you know celebrating wins with basketball is when you're you're being a dad. Like you guys are awesome parents. It's it's really fun to follow along with. I mean, how much has that changed things for you? I know our son just started crawling over the weekend. You may not be there quite yet, but when it does, to get ready because you know your life's pretty much over. You you, you can't you can't leave stuff on the floor anymore. But how fun has it for has it been for you uh, to be a dad these last few months? Um. Well, actually, I'm a I'm a I'm a one up you here. He's actually almost walking. Oh my gosh! No way. Yeah, he's been he's been he's been crawling since five months. He is uh he he's been picking he's been like go like crawling over the things and standing himself up and trying oh. to like take a step or taking one arm off and he's been doing that for like a month. So my mom's pretty keen in on that he'll be walking uh you know, and within the within the next month and it's funny because I started walking at eight and a half months Jeez. um when I was young, so He's probably up there on that same tra- trajectory, I guess. But I mean, it's—you know how it is, bro. Like, it's, it is literally the best thing in the world. Like, nothing beats it. And it's also like I've had friends that have said this: like, your kids don't matter what happens in your day. Like, yeah. if you had a good day, if you had a bad day, anything, just like when they see you, they smile, and they crawl to you, or they walk, or they laugh, or they giggle. And it's like every time I come in the house, he just looks at me, gives me this funny looking smile starts laughing and crawls over to me like immediately like that is literally the best feeling in the world like and I and I always try to make sure that we have our you know 15 20 minutes a day at least where it's just us so like we always do bath time together like that's our thing we get them ready for the bath play some music we're dancing we're just hanging out in the in the bath and then getting them ready for bed right after that I love seeing the video you guys posted. It was actually of bath time doing the dance for the Elmo slide, a song which I yeah. am very yeah. familiar with. Like, I, like I, I, Mary's like, they're doing the Elmo slide. I'm like, yeah, they're doing the Elmo slide. Like, we know we love the Elmo slide in our house. Yeah, uh, our, our daughter was our, our daughter's two now, and she was very into Elmo. John's just now kind of getting into Elmo too. But it's just, I mean, you have to have fun with it, and I, I feel like she's had every bit as much fun as you have. It just seems like you guys are just over the moon to be parents. Yeah, no, it is it is the best thing. And even, like, thinking about it, today he just turned eight months. So it's like, with that, it's like, can you can you believe, like, obviously the journey and everything, but, like, the fact that he's here, he's eight months. He's actually talking in the background right now because he hears <laughs> my voice. Um, and he's just, like, looking at me while I'm on the phone, like, Daddy, you're supposed to be talking to me. Right. That's a, there, yeah, there you go. That's you, bud. A sound that I'm all too familiar with. <laughs> That's, uh, that's yeah. <laughs> that sounds right. It, it, does he recognize? Does he do the thing? Because we've a couple of times we'll play like something with my voice on the phone, and John, uh, my son, will like kind of do like a huh huh. Does he recognize Daddy on the mm-hmm. TV when he sees that when he showed the game yeah. when they're on the background? Yeah, it's like he knows my voice. He knows mom's voice. He knows my mom, her mom, and like our best friends that we're like always on Facetime with. So like he'll like pick up the phone and like try to like put it to his mouth as if he's talking or, or we'll tell him like give kisses and he'll like put the phone up to his mouth and like give a kiss to the, to the phone. It's like, the, it's like the dopest thing just seeing like how smart they are and like mm-hmm. how their brain works. Like sometimes I wish I could just like go inside his brain and be like, bro, what are you thinking right now? <laughs> I do too for different reasons. When he's screaming like a pterodactyl, oh, I've got yeah, no, I'm like, yeah. oh, I'm like, oh my god, like yeah, I wish I knew what you were thinking. The, the I knew I was going full dad when I was watching you guys celebrate the championship, 
and I saw you on stage, you know, with your son holding the trophy and going through all. And my first thought was like, oh my God, that's incredible. Like the, the memories that they're going to yeah. have together are unreal. And then my second thought was, oh my God, his sleep schedule is going to be so wrecked. Like it's all, it's all I can oh, think of. Yeah. It came in my mind. Oh. I'm like, oh, that's going to be terrible. A rough few days for them. A uh, few weeks, like the whole playoffs, <laughs> it was like we're going back and forth between coasts. It's like, all right. And, I mean, luckily, we, you know, we, we, we've had amazing help with both of our moms. And then we actually had, a, we had our nanny come out as well because it's like we need to make sure that we get some sleep because if we don't get sleep, then that's not going to be good for everyone else. Like, we'll figure out his sleep schedule, but he'll get some sleep. But, like, we need to make sure that we do. We got these six weeks to be in the playoffs, figure it out. And then after that, we can, you know, get him back on schedule. I'd say it's worth it. I'd say it was worth it in the, in the grand scheme of things. <laughs> yeah. uh, Damien, are you cool to hang on here for the – got to go to a break here. Are you cool to hang on for the next segment, though? Yes, sir. All right, brilliant. We'll talk a little bit of Louisville, yes, talk with Damian Lee. We've got to go to break. Uh, before we do, reminding you, if you need sunglasses this summer, go to ShadyRays.com. they got you covered. All sorts of brands, all sorts of styles. Pick out the ones you like. Use the promo code BIGX when you check out. It's going to save you 15%. And if something happens to those sunglasses in the first 30 days, they hook you up with a replacement pair. It's the Shady Rays guarantee. Again, ShadyRays.com, promo code BIGX. We'll take a break. We'll have more with Damien Lee. We'll get into the Louisville stuff coming up after the break. It's the Mike Rutherford Show here on 1450 and 96.1, The Big X. the first five songs that you thought of today what's wrong with you what's happening we, we don't have enough time and we got damien on the line so i mean <laughs> i don't know yeah did, did he get a did, did he didn't pick up like a psych degree at any point uh, I, I, I don't know what's wrong with you it, <laughs> the text line the texter says uh, the most shocking part of the interview so far has been trevor not interrupting did he go outside to chain smoke or was his mic just turned off <laughs> I, was, I was here the whole time i was listening you haven't said anything and, and uh Texas says, when Damien said his mom went to the Army, at first I thought he said Arby's, and I imagine Trevor <laughs> getting really excited. In my defense, there's a lot of Arby's talk on the show. We still need the sponsorship. It's, yeah. it's amazing. As, uh, I know he's listening right now, and maybe he can answer when we come back. The one question I had to the whole first part of y'all talking was, how much detail can I get from that 15-hour trip to Vegas? <laughs> like, that's the first thing I kind of wanted to know. Well, like, <laughs> we've got him on the line. Damian Lee, kind enough to hang on the line and spend some more time with us. We're out at 525 today. We'll hand the, the baton over to the Cardinal Insider, and then Louisville Bats coverage starts at 635, first pitch 605. But world champion Damian Lee here with us, talking about his foundation, talking some memories. Uh, yeah, Trevor asked, I mean, how much how much can we get about the, the Vegas trip, Damian? How, how much can we hear? I mean, we flew in, <laughs> we went to dinner, we had some drinks, we went to the club, and then the flight was at. It's like watching the I Breakfast think. Club on cable. This is what, what, what come yeah, on. Yeah. I mean, I don't want, I want, I want the, the good flight, stuff. And then the flight was at, uh, shoot, 8 a.m., something like that, Ooh. 9 a.m. I've, yeah. I've had an early morning Vegas flight. They'll suck. Unless yeah. you're just still but, awake. But, I mean, you know, it was it was. It was Father's Day, so you know, had to make sure we got back. Oh, nah, that true, makes sense. Yeah, yeah I'm yeah, sure. You know, you know, 
everybody's celebrating the dads in a you know modest and, and I'm sure just like laid back, nice, fancy fashion. That that's the way the trip went. That's that's my understanding. Yeah, no, I mean, like like honestly, it was it was just it was just it was very nice. I mean, Draymond set it up. It was it was nice. We we went. It was like ten of us, and you know, we went, hung out, came back. But it was just crazy, like you know. I'm old now, so partying <laughs> and, and all that stuff is like partying for four straight days. It's, it's by like the second day, like it's it, it's like you either got to stop or you just got to keep pushing through. I've learned every trip I've gotten. I've gotten through older. to get to the parade though. Every trip I've gone to Vegas, as I've gotten older, I've learned I've leave the hotel less and less. Yeah, like I just yeah. I don't even go out on this trip anymore. You mentioned uh, Draymond. Green. You mentioned Draymond Green, Damian. As a teammate, how much do you love how much he gets under people's skin? Oh, that's great. It's, it's like <laughs> I wonder. I wonder if like he does research. He, I feel it's like, like he, I feel like like he has to. I feel like he has to just just ba- based on how he like who he goes after and how I don't know like surgical he is with it. it it's it's like he has a yeah. plan in his mind and he executes it to perfection. Except when he plays Louisville because we ended his career in 2012. Never let him forget that. <laughs> I did not know that. Now I now I got one thing against him. There you go. If he if, he's, if he comes at you when they're playing the Suns next year, you have that to throw in his face. It'll it'll be great. Um, yeah. I do want to ask you about your time at Louisville because we were talking at the beginning of the show because we had you on about the 2015-16 team. You guys, I think were were fan favorites for a lot of that year. Overachieved. We're maybe on the precipice of doing something great. And then you know the rug gets pulled out from underneath you. You guys have the the postseason taken away. Um, you, everybody really on that team, but but you specifically, I remember handling it all with so much grace and you talked you know, so glowingly about your love for Louisville and after the season you said, you know, you, if you had to do it all over again, you still wouldn't have changed a thing. It's been, you know, six years now, o- over six years now. And sometimes time yeah. can, can, can change things. When you look back at your time, do you still feel that same way or is there a part of you that's, that has grown a little bit more upset or are you still, you know, L1C4 for life? Uh, I mean, I still feel the same way. It's 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 weird because I'm always gonna have that thought that like, what if? And like, not if I went to a different school, but like, what if? What if? What if we did make that run? Um, and I and after looking at all those teams, 2016, like I still feel confident that like we're at least making it to the Elite Eight. And then I I've I've always felt like this. Whoever makes it to the Elite Eight, it's just a matter of if you're hitting shots or not to get to the final four and then to win it all. Like, so I'm, I'm firm believe, like I still wouldn't change a thing. Well, I mean, the only thing I would change is probably not having the band, but I guess I kind of can't, you know, <laughs> really change that. But aside from that, um, yeah, I mean, there's nothing else that I would change. And then I think it's, it's just crazy how like the story of life goes, right? Like I, I went to Drexel at first, that starts with a D. I went to Louisville. That starts with an L. And then I have both of those like logos tattooed on me because those are my initials, DL. Oh, and I feel like I feel like it was supposed to be the way it happened. Like it 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 happened the way it did, and you know here we are six years later. Yeah, we we talked because a lot of times when when programs, when schools, when teams choose to use the the self imposed ban it's with a team that doesn't really have a shot at doing anything, right? Like the team sucks halfway through the year and they're like, all right, let's get ahead in front. Let's get out in front of this. We'll take it away the NCAA tournament with you guys. You had just 
literally that week had beaten the number one team in the country in North Carolina, like the signature yeah. victory. Yeah. You guys were rolling. Did that make it like like that much more difficult? Because if you could have beaten Carolina, who ended up going to the the national title game that year and losing to Villanova, you could have beaten anybody. And I, I'm sure you still feel that way looking back now, six years later. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I felt like we just started to like hit our stride like at that point, and it was like, okay, cool, we we did that. That was obviously the signature win. I think we were probably like eleven or twelve at that point. So like right after that, we were guarantee you're going to be top 10 ranked in the country expensive schedule was i think number two in the nation so at worst you know if we lost maybe one or two more games obviously without the self-imposed ban we're probably getting a two or a three seed i feel like at the worst if we got a three seed like i said we're making it to the elite eight like i, I just feel like we had everything that you needed we had big play defense pass we had scores and even like Donovan was also sort of coming into his own towards the end of the year as well. And then just thinking about like how, you know, he took those last, I think we had like four, not like five or six games left. And how he took those last five, six games and really started to elevate his game. And then that even propelled him into, you know, the breakout summer that he had. And then obviously his breakout sophomore year. So but I feel like we had the talent for sure. Um, you know, if I can go back into my crystal ball and see what happened, I would love to, but. Um, you know, it, it's, that's why the biggest thing that, that I wish that we got back was that actual chance to have that run. How hard was it? Cause you know, the, the ban happens and obviously it's a, it's, it's a gut punch to everybody, but you guys in particular who are actually playing the games, you still have a month to play the season that, you know, you still have to finish out the regular mm-hmm. season. You've got big games. You guys played, I think Duke a couple times. You still had games against, I think Virginia to end the regular season. I mean, how hard was yeah. it to. To, to motivate yourself to keep going, knowing that when the regular season's over, that's it, that there's no, you know, that there's no postseason to play for. How tough was that? Um, it was in the beginning, like the first couple of days of practice. Cause it was like, you know, guys were kind of like off it. Like, what are we doing or why are we doing this? But then for my, from, you know, I kind of talked to some of the guys and it was like, all right, we got, you know, six, seven games left. Let's, you know, lock in and try to figure out whatever we need to do. Because my main goal of going to Louisville was to see what it felt like to be a professional. Um, you know, obviously playing in the Yum Center, the practice facility, like at Drexel, you know, everything was kind of in one place. Um, you know, flying charter, like that was sort of, you know, I don't say it like this, but like using like Louisville as like a stepping stone for like, if I want to be a professional, like I know what it takes to, to become a professional but all these amenities, the the love that the city had, it's like this is what it feels like to be a professional team. Mm-hmm. So kind of using that as like a stepping stool, you know, those last six, seven games of like, all right, you know, what do I need to do because this wasn't the last stop. At least I felt like Louisville wasn't the last stop for me to be playing basketball. Like the end goal was to play in the pros. And I really, you know, I had this thought that, you know, the NBA really didn't care about what happened um you know with the postseason ban or without it was you know they kind of just looked at you and judged you off you know the performance that you had for those 40 minutes so for me it was like it it, it sucked and it hurt and there was pain there but you know I had to keep trying to go out there and produce you know for each game to show that I belong on the big stage looking back at that roster now I mean what you guys have done since then you mentioned you know Donovan has become a superstar in the NBA 
Uh, you had Chinano Wanawaku who played in the NBA. You had Ray Spalding, who was drafted yep. in the NBA. Uh, Denga Dallas played professionally for a while. Uh, Quentin Snyder's having a really good post-career uh, overseas playing professionally. A lot of talent on that, on that team. I mean, does that – I don't know if that makes it – if it makes your time at Louisville feel better, knowing you played with all of these guys who went on to do great things, or if it makes it hurt even more that you didn't get a chance to showcase yourself in, in the NCAA tournament. Um. I mean, a little bit of both. Obviously, like I said, you know, just wanting to be on that big stage. I feel like that was one thing that hurt my chances of getting drafted was, like, quote-unquote, not playing, like, meaningful games. Like, they try to say, like, because I didn't play in the postseason that, you know, and because we didn't have the postseason – and because we had the postseason ban, that, like, I wasn't able to play in, you know, win-or-go-home type of, type, of, type of games. I think that – it's probably the only thing, like I said, that kind of, you know, hurts a little or, you know, like I, I wish that I could get back. But, I mean, you definitely have to give, you know, Coach Patino, Kenny Johnson, David Padgett, Bellato, Coach Willard was also there with it. Like, you have to give those guys credit because before the season even started, Coach brought us in and he was like, hey, I just want to let you guys know that we have at least seven pros on this team. He was like, man, not, not everyone is going to make it into the NBA. But we have at least seven guys that can play professional basketball. And, I mean, if you, look, if you run off the list, myself, Donovan, Ray's played in NBA games. Mango's played in the NBA games. Trey Lewis went to training camp at the NBA. Dang Adele's played in the NBA game. That's six guys right there. Um, and then Honest, I still feel like, has a chance if he, if he wants to come back over. But he's played in a summer league game. So, you know, it's, it's you know, at, he, he was right at least seven mm -hmm. guys have worn an NBA jersey from that roster, which doesn't always happen for a team that, you know, is mixed up of freshmen through grad transfers. Normally it's a lot of freshmen go and make it or, you know, a lot of seniors go and make it, but not that kind of mix and blend a group of guys. Who do you keep in contact with most from that, from that team, that 2015-16 squad? Uh, probably Donovan. Um, uh probably Donovan, Dylan Avar as well. Um, talked to Nanu a couple times throughout the year when he, when he was overseas. Talked to Trey as well. Um, and then Ray. I mean, but obviously, you know, Ray's, Ray's had a lot of the injuries, so he's kind of been off the grid a lot. But, you know, every time, you know, I get, I get the chance to go back, I try to, you know, tap in with him and just see what he's up to because, um, you know, I, I just hope that he gets a fair shot, man. He's been through so much. But him, I mean, he was he was one of the most talented guys that was on the team, um, you know, that 2015. Oh, and also Jalen Johnson mm -hmm. um, went to training camp with Chicago. He also played in the G League. So that's eight guys, and it's crazy. I'm, I could probably ramble off some, some more guys too. <laughs> I, I saw you know, Trey Lewis got married in Louisville, I think, the last year. And, and I saw the – the yep. pictures in the video and he looks like he's a 90s r&b superstar like i don't know no i know that doesn't he <laughs> I, I don't know if that's what he was going for but that was definitely the vibe that he was giving off walking down the aisle and celebrating he, he looked yeah. i was like is this a guy from boys to men getting married i don't know who this is <laughs> right now nah, he he um i mean he i'm i'm you know happy from obviously you know we came in together and you know we went through everything together so you know we're all we're always going to be linked um with each other for that but you know happy that he got married they're actually expecting soon as well i think they're having a girl so you know shout out to trey shout out to his wife man just just happy for him and his family 
Well, I have to ask, you know, since you left Louisville, obviously things didn't go according to plan for Rick Pitino or the program. There's more controversy. He ends up getting let go. Uh, Louisville brings in Chris Mack. Um, that doesn't go – it goes well for a small period of time, then doesn't end well. And now uh, Kenny Payne is here and a new era of Cardinal basketball started. How much have you kept up with, with UofL basketball and followed kind of the, you know, the ups and the, I guess, probably more downs than ups since you, since you left here? Yeah, I mean, definitely. I mean, obviously, that like like I said, man, Louisville holds a special place in my heart. So, you know, I've always kept in and try to, you know, keep in contact with, you know, the coaches that were, you know, head coaches here um, and even, you know, some of the assistants or, you know, grad guys that, you know, were there, for, you know, were freshmen when I was, you know, a senior. So, you know, just trying to stay in touch with them. It's, it's funny, I actually spoke to Kenny when we played the Knicks. Uh, I think it was when we played them here in well home in san francisco and i was talking to him and i was like so what are you thinking like you think you're gonna do it he was like <laughs> I, I don't know d lee i mean and then like we like kept talking a little bit more and then i was like i mean if anybody's the guy it has to be you like you are the guy and i know it's probably tough you know leaving you know pros and going back down but i'm like you are the guy and then he looked at me and right before he walked off, he said, yeah, I think I'm going to take it. <laughs> so, you know, just happy for him and happy. Obviously I've, I've known Nolan Smith since I was shoot 12 years old. So, you know, just happy for Nolan, um, you know, just happy for that whole staff and, you know, just knowing that Kenny's probably, and you could probably speak on this too, probably one of the most respected people just out there, but let alone in the state of Kentucky. I mean, from coaching with UK, um, playing at Louisville, and then now coming back and everything coming full circle. I mean, he's, he's knowing he's going to do a tremendous job. So, you know, just hope the fans aren't – I mean, you know, can just be patient with him because mm-hmm. he's, he's a big people person. He's a big relationship guy, and knowing that he's going to turn everything around is going to be amazing. I know how much Coach Patino and really his – his family thought of you as family members that, that I talked to still always speak just so glowingly uh, of you. Have you been able to fo- keep up with coach Patino and him going to Greece and now being at, at Iona? And have you guys had any contact recently? Yeah. So we haven't, we haven't had much contact recently. It's funny. Uh, I tried to call him. I think he changed his number and then I changed my number not too long ago. So kind of we're playing phone tag a little bit. Um, but I actually saw him one time when I was with the Warriors, uh, before he took the grease job, he was out in L.A. Um, when we were practicing at UCLA. So I saw him there. And then, yeah, I mean, of course I've been keeping up with, you know, everything, just seeing him at Iona um, and just seeing the success that he's had. I mean, it's it's funny, like, the, the people that work hard and that are, like, meant to be in this business are always going to find a way back and, you know, find success. Um, so, you know, no matter what happens, like through the ups and downs, it's just like, if you're meant to be, um, then, you know, you're going to find a way to make it happen and, you know, to have success. And that's one thing that, I mean, coach P's been coaching for like damn near 50 years. So mm-hmm. it's like, he's, he's extremely invested in it and he knows what it takes, um, you know, to be successful. And it doesn't matter whatever level, if it's at the highest level, you know, in the ACC or even at mid majors, um, you know, he's definitely going to find a way to be successful. Question on the Thornton sex line says, uh, whenever Damien's playing days are finished, would he ever think about getting into coaching? Ooh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. I just don't know where and when, um, if I want to be player development or want, or want to be a head coach. I mean, being a head coach is a lot. Um, and even, you know, whatever level you're on, a lot of it's, you know, just understanding your guys. Um, 
you know, and just learn and grow from there. So I don't know if I'd want that full responsibility, but, uh, you know, definitely will find some way to give back to the game. Texas, I feel like Clay Thompson is the funniest dude in the NBA. Can Damian confirm? Is who? Clay Thompson. Yeah, by, by far. Hands <laughs> down. Like, there's, there's, there's not even a close – it's like Clay, and then it's like three laps, and then it's probably <laughs> someone else. Uh, Texas says, does, does Damian have a great Kenny Klein story from his time? This is a pro-Kenny Klein show. He's calling it a career. Uh, we love him so much. Do you, there's a great picture yeah. of you walking off the, 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 the court, uh, I think, just like laughing with Kenny Klein. You guys are both just yeah. in hysterics. Um, he's near and dear to everybody's heart. Do you have a good Kenny Klein story from your time here? Uh, no, I don't. I, I, I don't have one. Um, cause there's like five that I could go through, but I don't feel like we have the time, but <laughs> I mean, I'm just so happy for Kenny, man. Just seeing, you know, him call it quits is, is not going to be the same, man. Like it, it's like every time I go back, you know, I always try to see him. I go in his office, we talk or, you know, just something. And it's just like, I know he'll be around doing some stuff, but like he's literally the best in the business. Like he's been he's been doing it about same about like forty years. God, yeah. I mean, it's it's it's, it's, it's been time, so it's just like and you know, just it'll be a it'll be a different scene, you know, without without seeing him there. But it'll be exciting. Happy for him in his next venture. Texas, can we expect to see Damian back at a Louisville basketball game anytime soon? I know it's tough for you, for you guys to do, given you know the, the seasons are happening at the exact same time, but I'm sure you'd, you'd love to make it back for a game at the Yum Center at some point. Yeah, just whoever does the schedule, just tell them to make sure there's a home game during All-Star break. So right. if the ACC is out there listening, make sure Louisville has a home game during All-Star break so we can set that up. Make it happen, Jim Phillips. He's a big fan of the show. He's constantly listening. Yeah, he needs to he needs to get on it. Um, we talked about this the, in the, the the first segment when you were on here, but since we're running up against the end of the show, I wanted to give you a chance to to once again talking about the the Leeway Foundation, the golf scramble you've got coming up next month here at U of L Golf Club, and how people can get involved in this. Yes, yeah, so you can go to our website, the Leeway Foundation. Um, you register on there. Um, uh, the registration is open until August 5th, which is the day before the fall. Oh, we'll have breakfast at 10. Uh, the scramble begins at 11, then a reception afterwards. Uh, our We have so many sponsors that are going to be helping out. We have Curry Brand. We have and Hornita Tequila Seltzer, Elijah Craig Bourbon, Tito's Vodka, Puck View, Rakuten, Body Armor, and True Score um, is helping out with the Golf Tote, which has Ace Lip Balm, Pain Release Treatment, and CBD, and Bug Insect Repellent. And then we're also going to have items that we are auctioning off on a mobile auction, which, which we will have um, on the website. It will be up. Uh, actually, it will be up in the next couple of days running through the night of the event and we'll have items that we're also going to be raffling off, but the items that we'll be auctioning off for sure will be a Seth Curry Jersey, mm. a Damian Lee Jersey, a Stephen Curry Jersey, Trey Young Jersey, a John Morant signed water bottle, uh, Louisville's very own Russ Smith, uh, Mr. and Mrs. Kentucky straight bourbon, 
Elijah Craig Bourbon, my wife, and Aisha Curry, my wife, Sadell Curry Lee, and Aisha Curry Wine, Domain Curry, Sarah Gun Pro, and then a foursome at the UofL Golf Club with Kenny Payne, as well as a foursome with myself, which will be um, auctioned off, and those will be played within the next 12 months. And we also have a Mookie Bet signed baseball. And the last thing, which I think will really entice people, um, I have a friend there. Uh, his name's Larry O'Brien. He's the, uh, the championship trophy. So he'll also wow. be there in attendance so that people can take pictures before the event and after the event while we have dinner as well. So, um, so many amazing things going on. I know I just ran off a laundry list of things, but we're super excited for it. Um, you know, we hope that, you know, people can turn out, sign up, sign up, uh, the Leeway Foundation, register. Um, everyone that participates will also get a backpack, a Leeway Foundation hat through Curry Brand, and a uh, red polo in honor of Louisville through Curry Brand as well. Man, you just dropped some absolute bombs there right at the end of the show. That was a, <laughs> an insane list of giveaways. I mean, if, if people weren't enticed before, I can't imagine that they aren't now. The LeewayFoundation.com is the website. The UofL uh, Golf Club will be the site yeah. of the Golf Scramble next month. Man, that is yeah, that, that, that was an unreal list of stuff that you guys have going on. Uh, Damian, yeah. man, I, I can't thank you enough for coming oh, on wait. the show. Go, go ahead, go ahead. Last thing, sorry, sorry, sorry. The live auction, I just got dates confirmed. We'll start Monday. August 1st, and this will be an online auction. Um, anybody that's in the U.S. can participate, can sign, can bid. All this, all of the proceeds are going back. Well, the proceeds are going to the Leeway Foundation, and we will be also gifting some of the proceeds to Grace James Academy, um, which is the school that we work with. But it doesn't matter where you live in the U.S., whoever wins that auction or whoever wins that prize by the night of the golf event will be receiving the prize via mail. If you're there in person, then obviously you can receive it in person. But if not, then we will mail it to you. Awesome. Uh, awesome stuff. Damien, can't thank you enough for coming on the show. It's always great talking with you. and couldn't be happier that you're having as much success as you are right now. Uh, Louisville still loves you. Louisville's always going to love you. Thanks so much again, man. We really, really appreciate it. Yes, sir. Thank you, brother. And, uh, you know, just can't wait to get out there and, you know, feel that love. And hopefully, you know, whoever runs the ACC can schedule a Louisville home game so we can come out there for all-star break. There it is. It's going to happen. He's Damian Lee. <laughs> we love him. we got to hand the baton over. we got Jody Demling and the Cardinal Insider coming up next. And then Bats Baseball. Keep it locked right here on 1450 The Big X. We will see you guys tomorrow at 3 o'clock. Thanks for tuning in.